Hey guys, what's up? Uh, we are here, obviously back with WTS, uh, AG Supercars, Flat Earth Investments Podcast. And today we have a pretty special guest, an actual shop owner, who is not just a shop owner, but is actually a, a, an avid, you know, real car enthusiast and uh, is actually someone I've known for a little bit. And uh, we had not been in contact for a while. And then all of a sudden, I actually reached out to him on Instagram and found out that we had actually known each other from a previous M3 that I had, a super rare E36 M3 that I had uh, back in the day, an individual M3. So he's here with us today, Justin. Justin, thank you for being with us, man. I really appreciate it. Uh, obviously, you're coming f- uh, from Boost Addictions. That's your your business and your shop's name. So I think most people hearing that will know exactly what you're all about. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Albert. I appreciate you uh, inviting me to be on the podcast. For sure, man. Um, yeah, we, we build turbo cars. That, that's, that's it. And uh, okay. that's where we started in turbo BMWs, and we've kind of expanded a little bit from there. Awesome, but that, that's that's kind of the the gist of it. And we can go into a little bit more detail later, okay? Um, if you want, but for sure, yeah, I, I I would hope so. With a name like that, it's like you better be into turbos, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I mean, sorry, I was going to ask you one last thing. Um, you do specialize in BMWs, obviously. Yeah, we do. Uh, BMW for the most part is probably ninety percent of our business, awesome. but uh, we we kind of been dabbling in a little bit of GM. I got a twin turbo Mustang sitting here right now. Nice. Um, do a lot of Volkswagen Audi stuff, and we've actually got a cool new project that we just purchased today. Okay, what's that? You got to tell us that. You got you to. So, we got to start off with that. That'll be a great start. <laughs> okay, so it's not that cool, but it's a little bit cool. Okay. Um, we found a one-owner Acura RSX Type S. Oh, nice. Those are rare. Yeah, are and we got it for twelve hundred bucks. What? With the those those are shooting up in price. Like on Bring a Trailer, sometimes you see the like the the Type R Integras for. I saw one for like thirty grand the other day. Exactly, and we got it with the window sticker, original window sticker, and everything. Oh, dude, that's that's cool. That's very nice. Very cool. So what are you gonna? Is that gonna be a shop car? Yeah, yeah. So our our plan is there's there's another Justin that works part time here at the shop with me, and uh, our our plan for this thing is to. Uh, Kind of making an all-around fun car you know it's it's a front-wheel drive car so you can only make so much power with it before it becomes kind of unusable and you sacrifice in other areas right so we want to make a very balanced and fine-tuned 400 horsepower that we can take this car and do track days we can do autocross we can take it to the drag strip whatever we want to do we just want to be able to take this thing out and and beat it and take it home awesome that sounds that sounds like a plan. Hey man, those things are really capable too. I mean, I remember back in the day the the R6s. They were. Uh, I had a friend of mine that uh, he's one. I don't want to. I don't want to say he's the first guy in Miami that had a turbo one, but I think he was one of the guys. I forgot the guy's name, and I haven't chilled him a long time. He's an old racing buddy of mine. Uh, we, we used to kind of you know hang out at the at the hangouts and on Okeechobee, you know, back in the day and um, when the when the street racing was all going on over there and. It was cool, man. It was uh, it was that, it was that. Uh, maybe you can help me on the color. It was like that metallic. It was almost like a metallic. Um, it was that bronze metallic color. It was a pretty rare, a pretty yes. rare uh, color. But a lot of people used to get it, try to go after that color because it was rare, you know, to make it that much more special. Um, and those were badass, man. I mean, they weren't, you know, as you said, front wheel drive, but. For a front, I mean, it was a small little car. It weighed, it had, I think those weigh a little bit less than under 3,100 pounds, right? 
Yes, so the earlier 02 to 04s, I believe, are under 2,800 pounds, like nice. 27 and change. And then the yep. 05 and 06 are probably closer to that 3,000-pound mark. Right. But awesome. I, I'm not, like, really a Honda guy. so Right. Ne- you know, neither I am I. Like, yeah, so but... I don't really know all the details on it. This just kind of just fell into our laps. So we're like, hey, why not? We, we only build European cars for ourselves. Right. So, like we said, let's do something different. And the K yes. series is just such a capable platform. Hundred um, percent. The K the K series, the K twenty, K twenty fours. I mean, you have guys now making like two thousand horsepower and some, you know, NHRA cars and some street cars actually fifteen, sixteen hundred horsepower today. So yeah. Yeah, yeah. Even sure. I've seen that the naturally aspirated builds, you know, four hundred plus horsepower to the tires, all motor. Like that's just right. It's it's just crazy. <laughs> yeah, for sure. It's insane. I mean, they make, yeah, like I said, that guy had around, I think it was around 450, maybe even close to 480. And it was, man, I had a Terminator Cobra at the time. I had a, I had a Mystic 04 Cobra. A lot of people remember that car from back in the day. And um, at the time, I only had bolt-ons, of the, you know, which was close to yeah. about 480. That's way, dude, way fast back then. Yeah, way fast. And dude, he fucking, he would get me. And he, he, he would, I mean, we'd do 20, 30, 40 rolls. And on a 40 roll, man, it didn't matter what I did. It's like he would just, because of the power to weight, he'd just start pulling me after, you know, I think it was around after third gear, at the top of third gear, and I started getting into fourth. That's when, you know, aerodynamics and everything start t- taking place at above 100 miles per hour, and you you start seeing the gap, you know, and I'm like, God damn, like, come on, you know, this is horrible. Losing to a Honda, like, what's going on here? But <laughs> But it's it was it was a nice little car. I think I think that's I think if they would if Honda would have made that car real to drive, I think that car would have had the, a ten times more cold following. Unfortunately, um, they did. It's called an S two thousand. Well, exactly, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but even the S two K is like, come on, that that thing is that thing is. I mean, even smaller than the uh, I uh, you know as far as the um, the accurates, it's it's smaller and it's it's a it's a different car, obviously. But yeah. But definitely, yeah, definitely, very cool, man. So, and for seventeen hundred, seventeen hundred with a window sticker. So, is it is it in good condition? Is the exterior in good condition? I mean, it's it's a good car. Um, so, we're gonna have to clean up the paint. Like, it definitely needs a paint correction. And there's a uh, but the, the guy told us that he's probably waxed it twice in his ownership, and wow. he was one owner. So, yeah, you, you so can not, imagine not it's not in the greatest shape. But the the body has no dents. Awesome. All the body panels fit perfectly. Like it's really just—it's a clean car. Just needs some paint correction. Yeah, basically. yeah. It, need, cool. it needs some help, and we're gonna clean it up. And we, you know, even though we're gonna race it, we still don't want it to look terrible. Yeah, you don't want it to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's not a junker. It's a—it's a good car. It's a clean car. It's always exactly. nice to bring new life to a clean car. Very cool, man. Awesome. And and like you said, the way the values are changing now, all the stuff you see on Bring a Trailer, like I. Yeah. I, I feel like that could be one of those opportunities later on uh, for us whenever we're done with it. What's the mileage on it? So that that's that's the difficult part. It's got a lot of miles on the body. What's a lot uh, of miles? Two hundred and sixty-five thousand, about. Whoa, that's mm. and it's mechanically sane. That's pretty good. Uh, yeah, yeah. Everything's I, the the serpentine belt's even original. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit! So he probably didn't. It doesn't look like he beat it that much. Or no, he said that he didn't even get into VTEC because he said the amount of noise it makes is embarrassing, and he didn't want people on the street to hear oh him. My God, man, getting That's, into VTEC. Dude, what the? Who was this guy? Like he was like the <laughs> anti Honda guy. 
No, what's like, funny is he's a racing guy too. He's a SCCA what? racer. Yeah, and it's just you know the streetcar is just different purpose for him. This was you know drive to work every day, and that's it. I think this is the first person in the history of Honda ownership that you have a guy that's like, no, 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 I can't hit VTEC. <laughs> right? Are you kidding me? That's like that's the only reason why some guys, you know, like VTEC. Gotta get VTEC. You know, like that's our. From the BMW side of, of things, guys, I'm sure you all know that's kind of like our Vano system, but, you know, we don't make a big deal out of it anymore. Um, they used to yeah, back the in the Vanos 90s. One, yeah, and the Vanos one works better. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Vanos is a little bit better. But, uh, man, that's hilarious. Cool, man. Also, what color is it? It's uh, white. Okay, nice. That's a good color. I mean, that's not too hard to work on. It makes things a little bit easier. Yeah, it'll hide a lot of the, the imperfections that are there. Right. Cool, man. Awesome. And so the plans with that is just to, are you guys going to, you're going to single turbo it? Yeah. Yeah. We're okay. going to do, um, the plan is a GTX 3076R turbocharger okay. with a yep. sidewinder tubular manifold. So it'll be kind of like a, what, what would be considered like a top mount setup for, for an RSX or Civic. Right. Um, yeah. Most good just be... for the bling. Or for the bling. <laughs> Yeah, just for well, the it's point. gonna move. I mean, it's it's gonna make four hundred horsepower all day long. Yeah, yeah, and uh, that that's I, don't, I I just don't see the need for any more power than that. Like we've built cars that have much more power than that. My my old E thirty six made over eight hundred wheel horsepower, and I just oh, you know that that need serious. has already been met. <laughs> it's been met. Yeah, you you shot that heroin shot. You're good to go now. You know, yeah, to, I don't to, need any more. Okay. I know some people got that that a whole different level of uh, desire to go fast, but for me, that that's plenty. I've no, I mean, I think I think everybody everything has its limit, and I think that most of the people that would listen to this and know the E36 platform uh, that know this E36 platform, such as myself and you, let me tell you, man, 800 horsepower, 900 horsepower on E36, it's the equivalent of like 12, 1400. I mean, maybe not 14, but 1200, 1100 horsepower other cars. Um, yep. it's a no joke. I mean, that car is super, uh, especially because of the suspension geometry of how amazing that car is, dude, that the car, I mean, the, the rear of the tires will be still, you know, they'll be spinning in the rear and you're still going forward. I mean, yeah. it's ridiculous sometimes like those cars are that that's like the number one. That's why, you know, I remember when obviously fast and the furious came out and, um, yeah, everybody's raving about the of uh, the super obviously and it mm -hmm. kind of put the super on the map like as that car like oh my god that's the 200 car to buy the you know then the skyline came out and you know what i don't like is that fat too fast too furious that obviously was horrendous it was a i don't know what the fuck happened there the production <laughs> and i it, you know sad to say it was here shot in miami could have been amazing right um i don't like the fact that they i don't know if you remember this but you know that there was an e36 and too fast too furious yeah then they crash it or something yes they wrecked yep. it they wrecked the it. They one. gave it's like it a wide body. Yes. Yeah, it was a weird wide body, like a I don't know what type of wide body. It might have been at the time. I don't even remember what. I think it might have been a Bomex or something. Some sh shit wide body that just looked horrible. And they they fucking just wrecked it. They had that like Spanish Carlos guy or whatever, and he you know, it was just <laughs> come on, man. Like they they just gave no. I mean, imagine if they would have paid as much homage to the the E36 M3 in the two fast, or at least continued you know maybe in tokyo drift or even when they brought the series back here they never gave that car the i think the attention and the respect that it should have gotten so it's sad no it's, it's it's really probably one of my that that is the favorite car that i've ever owned right there really my e36 okay. and 
And that thing was just yeah. such a wild ride. Um, yep. I, I could put that car in fifth gear on street tires and get it up to like 140, you know, mm-hmm. and put my foot down at 140 and smoke the tires. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, I think that people, I mean, I think obviously we all know what a cold following the E36 platform has had for a long time. Um, and if it's done right, obviously, uh, so, so like you, you guys, I'm sure have done a lot of amazing work on E36s and there, there's a balance, you know, there's a balance. I mean, once you get into that thousand horsepower range, if you, if you didn't, if you didn't do a full, like a full proper wide body that you can get from like it's DTM Fiberworks. And be able to, you know, really get a at least a 12 or 12 inch, at least a 12 in the rear and at least a 10 and a half in the front, a wide inch wheel. You're just going to be, you're just not going to be doing anything. I mean, not, not that it's a necessary thing to do that. But if you want to go to that thousand plus horsepower in an E36, you better get a wide body on that thing to, to have the proper, you know, the proper you, setup on it. You definitely have to spend some time on suspension work. Yeah. Um, I actually, on, on a 245 drag radial, mm-hmm. I was able to make that car dead hook in second gear um, once, once the tires were warm. Right. And that's pretty, yeah, that's impressive. Yeah. It, like I said, it was, that thing was just a wild, fun ride. And the car ended up trapping 146 miles an hour and a quarter mile. Um, that's fucking sick. I drove it to the with, track with the spare tire in it, full tank right. of E85, full tank, yeah, full, full interior, <laughs> cooler in the back, full of all our beers and stuff, and that's made awesome. a bunch of passes between like 142 and 146, and then that's it. <laughs> I'm done. That was it. You're done. Yeah. <laughs> Get your mouth per hour. As long as hey, 147. That's no joke. That, that was what, like a nine, close to a nine, right? That was that was in there. No, I I, I wasn't hooking that good or launching that hard, but okay. But, but the, 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 the speed was there. up there. Yeah, the mile, yeah, mile, mile per hour was there. there. Yep. Yeah, they're they're absolutely amazing cars. They're one of my. I mean, that was actually one of the things that we were going to go down as far, but we kind of just touched it right now. So what, you know, I kind of go through the, our topics that we had. So the topics that you came up with, which were fantastic. Usually it's vice versa. I will grab topic and send it to you, and you will, you know, grab four topics, send it to me. But at this point, I read your topics. I'm like, you know what? This is perfect. We don't have to do both. You know, this will be fantastic to cover. So. So the first, the the first, excuse me, I can't talk today. The first, um, uh, uh, you know, topic that he had sent me was as far as business economics, investments. Um, you know, you know, we, we were going to talk about the cars, uh, what what we were both driving and favorite projects. So we kind of just took took, you know, we just we just hit on that right now. So the E36, by far, without a doubt, throughout all the cars you've ever had, and I think you've had an E46 as well, right? You have an E46 now. Yeah, I have an E46 M3 now, which uh, we just finished turbocharging. It's not tuned yet, so I haven't gotten to have any fun with it yet. That's what I'm fucking talking about, and hopefully we're going to make our (laughs) April 17th event, which is going to be ridiculous. I've been promoting the shit out of it. You got to make it, man. Like, if the car's ready, you better be there. If not, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go to the shop. I'm gonna steal. The car. <laughs> that's, that's the plan. That's that's the plan is to be there. And you know, I, I sold I sold a, my other car. Uh, last summer, which I, I would have preferred to have brought that one down there, um, which was which was what I had a nine nine six turbo. Oh, dude, um, you had a nine nine six turbo? Uh huh. What? Why'd you? Well, I'm guessing you sold it for probably financial reasons. <laughs> no, it, you know what? No, nope. it's gonna sound really bad, but that car just didn't wow me even a little really? bit. Really? Yeah, and one of my good well, friends. Well, in comparison to an E thirty six and E forty six, of course not. 
Well, right. I came. I went from the E36 into the Porsche. Like that was kind of the move. There's a few months gap in between, but that was the move. Right. And, and uh, tell me, the, so tell me all about that. How did that? Uh, how did that transition go? You were ex- you, you kind of had the you know don't don't meet your heroes type of uh, situation there happen. That, that's that's exactly what I was about to say. I had a good friend of mine that always told me don't drive your hero. Yeah. And <laughs> I had dreamed about having a 996 turbo, and. Don't get me wrong, it's an awesome, awesome car, but it just, it doesn't it's have not the rawness. Reason. Yeah, it doesn't have the rawness. Like, right. mine made probably, I never dynoed it, but it should have been somewhere over 600 wheel, all-wheel horsepower. Because right. I had tw- uh, twin 57-millimeter turbos on it, and um, wow. yeah, I did, I, I did everything that I, like, basically as far as I could go on a stock motor is what I, I did with it. Right. And, and it um, still just, it, it didn't, it wasn't, I mean, if it had, I mean, you know, a 993 Turbo with a with a round 400 plus is uh, nice now. It's not crazy, but it's nice. Well, the car was fast. Like, I took it to the drag strip and, it, you know, that one trapped 135 on pump gas. Nice. But the That's problem is the car is actually too good. Right. <laughs> Tell me, it, tell me what you mean by that, Justin. That's a, that's a hard one to wrap my head around. Okay, like, so like a car being that fast and there was nothing exciting going on because the car oh, handled yes. that power so well. Right. It just um, didn't feel like you were doing anything. So it yeah, just, it didn't yeah, feel like I, I was doing you. anything. And I had right. the suspension done. I had the GT3 six-piston brakes on it. Uh, um, yeah, it's a like, like there, there was no way I could drive that car in a manner that would even push it Close what, it, what it was minute. capable of, yeah, yeah. without yeah. taking it to the track, which you know, it just yeah. I understand. I now I understand what you're saying. Yeah, it's um, you know, what car is infamous for that? Uh, and a lot of people just like, it's completely forgotten. I wish I wish Porsche would bring back this car. Porsche, if you're listening, please, can you stop making this stupid Panamera? I know it's making you all the money. <laughs> Make the Panamera all you want, but th- can you please bring back? Can you can we get a new a new nine nine two eight? If we had a new nine two eight, imagine what that would be. So the 928 is uh, super famous for doing that. Obviously, it gets its genetics from its DNA from the, from the 911. Um, I have a good buddy of mine who uh, I grew up street racing with. He's an uh, engineer, top of his class, worked at um, or was working at Picard. I think he just switched now, but he's Picard for, for almost eight years. Dude, we were ta- I mean, we, we talked about that car a lot because him and his brother, that's all they would do is, is trade 928s like back in the 90s, way before anybody even you know understood the value of Porsches and all that good stuff. And he told me, and we, we talked about it a lot, and he's like, dude, you don't understand. Like, you don't understand. That's a car that, like, you, you don't understand. That car will laugh at you when you try to take it to its limit. I'm like, what? I'm like, come <laughs> on, dude. It's me. It's it's Albi. Like, my nickname's Albi. Like, come on, it's me, it's me Albi. Like, you know, I'm going to fucking beat this shit. He's like, no, no, you don't understand, Albi. You, you, there's been very little people on this earth that can come close to bringing that car to its capable limit. Like, as you said, on the street. Obviously, on a racetrack, it's a little bit different, but right. it will laugh in your face. And, it, you know, as much as you think you're pushing the, the suspension geometry on the car, I mean, we're talking about a car that in the 90s had rear, rear, the rear, rear uh, steering, steering, which yeah. was revolutionary. They're bringing all that back now. For the, they brought it back for the 991 GT3 and everything. And everybody's like, oh my God, it's amazing. It's like, oh, it's been around since the 90s. Don't get too excited. But, it's just, obviously they, they revamped the entire system and it's 20 billion times better. But 
dude, that car, he told me, he's like, you will, you will scare the shit out of yourself in that car because of how much you can try to push it. So I kind of, I, I do understand what, what you mean by that now. Uh, but that's an amazing thing, isn't it? I mean, I think that's probably one of the reasons why a lot of people, especially now, you know, you have companies like Singer that is, is starting to push the limits of the, of the 930 and the 935 yep. um, and really take it to its, I mean, an ultimate level that nobody I thought ever, I think nobody really envisioned what, what could be done with that car until it was properly given um, the proper attention. Yeah, and those cars are just, that, that, that's another one that's on the bucket list, but I don't know if, uh, if I should do it because I don't want to be disappointed. <laughs> disappointed. Well, that one, I think, you know, I, I, I would tell you this. I've watched a lot of singers' um, document, uh, documentaries, and lately I saw uh, last year, I think Chris Harris was there at the, the factory at the, in the, at the location in California at the shop. You know, he spoke about how it's such a difficult car to understand on video. You have to drive it to understand the the amazingness of it and the fact that, and the, the, the engineering that went into try to grab all the amazing things that it already has built into the DNA of the chassis and the suspension, but just bring that to like a brand new modern level. I, I think that might be a car. You know what? That actually, if you if now talking about it, thinking about it, that might be the car that, that, that translate, that car would probably translate very well. Like an E36. I think that that's the whole point of what singer um, had in mind is that they wanted to bring the car to a new level that it had never that nobody, I think, nobody ever had uh, the the vision to see that it that was capable of. I, I had my two chances to buy two different cars. One was black, one was white. Okay. And a sing singers? No, no, just nine thirty oh. turbos. Okay. Um, one of them was a four speed car. The other was a five speed. So I, okay. Um. So I guess the later one probably would have been a nine sixty four. I get right. confused with my Porsche numbers. Yeah, the but, nine, uh, the nine, the nine six four, I believe, is is the main, is one of the main chassis that they use. Yeah. So, I kick myself in the butt because you know our, our the, the car market now is has gone wild. Oh yeah. It's, and this was probably like twenty eleven ish, twenty twelve, and I had an opportunity to buy one. It was they wanted twenty one grand for it. It was oh, black. And another one that they wanted thirty grand for. It was white, and I missed the white one by about uh, forty-five minutes. I was forty-five two minutes too late with the cash that Shit. another guy I knew actually bought it and totaled it within. Two no weeks. way. Yup. Fuck. That's always that's always a sad to hear when you you know when you have that chance. But you never know, man. I mean, sometimes I, I'm not one of those guys that says, "Oh, well, everything happens for a reason." I don't believe in that, but. <laughs> sometimes maybe you know who knows maybe if you would have bought that something would have happened and you know i mean it's hard to talk about that type of situation but yeah all in due time but it's on exactly. the list awesome man that's really cool and and um yeah the, the e36 just kind of going back to that it's if you haven't won one you won't understand it's as simple as that it's it's a lot like the the you know like the cars we were just talking about the singer and the 930 and the 993 you have to own a. You have to actually own the car to understand. Um, I, w I was. I remember when I was a lot younger, and uh, you know, I I didn't. You know, I I wanted an E46. I remember when the E46 came out. It was launched in the Laguna Cycle Blue, my favorite all-time color for that car. Um, and I remember seeing it. I'm like, I was dying to get that car. 
Um, I had a couple of buddies of mine. I had two friends uh, that actually purchased one, got a silver convertible one, and the other one got a, it was like a tight, it was, um, I forgot the name of the color, but it was a much darker metallic, uh, like smoke gray color. It was beautiful. Yeah. And he had that with the red interior. He put red angel eyes on it. Dude, that car didn't even need, I mean, I'm not saying it didn't need wheels. It did need wheels, obviously. That car always needed wheels from day one, but <laughs> even with the stock wheels and the stock suspension, just the red angel eyes and the red interior. Oh my God, that car was just... It was just sick. I love that car. And cool. um, and both of them were SMGs, though. So at the time, it was okay because they were brand new. But we all know now that if you're going to get an E46, you got to get a six-speed. Don't don't even think about getting an E4, uh, SMG because that will just, you know, you're just going to blow all your money on the pump. Um, you know, the, 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 the purchasing the SMG is actually a great bargain right now because it's pretty much the only way you can get an E46 M3 at a decent price. Correct. Yeah, you get one like that, and then you do a, a six-speed manual. Yep, that's and that's what I did with mine. I swapped it over. It was oh, you did. SMG. So yours was an SMG. Okay. Yeah, it was an SMG car. I, I think I put a whole like twelve hundred miles on it. Okay. Before the uh, SMG pump died. Yeah, it took a shit. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. It sucks because I mean the problem is that it was a very well engineered system for the time. It's just that people drive them, and I don't think that. I don't know if BMW just did maybe incorporate. You tell me. You probably know a little bit better than I do. Why would you say that those pumps go? Why do they go bad so fast? What is the, what is the, what is the problem with them? Because I, I never really looked into like understanding what was it that the mechanicals of why they well, were just taking shit after like eighty, seventy thousand miles. So the the most common part that fails or causes that complete failures, uh, there's an accumulator that holds all the uh, the pressure that the pump generates and okay that uh accumulator will begin to leak okay so it starts losing pressure yeah so that that's are, are we talking that's, sorry Justin, i want to interrupt you just i wanted to understand something is this uh, this accumulator is it while you're switching gears is it while you're changing the uh the um the levels of, the, of how fast the transmission you, you, the fact that you can control that with the um with the smg system that you can control how how fast or how uh Excuse me. How hard or how soft the transmission actually uh, switches gears? Yeah, I mean, uh, the higher you, so the SMG has six settings. Correct. One, one through six, six being the most aggressive shifting right. uh, characteristics. And the higher you turn those settings, the higher the pressure is going to be. So there's always going to be more stress on the system that way. Right. Um, also common for those is to have issues with uh, the temperature sensors or the the uh, gear position sensor and you know mine mine failed sitting in stop and go traffic wow that sucks um, yeah yeah <laughs> on, on a two-lane road at that so i was blocking Shit. everybody <laughs> not good situation um and they, they kind of just go when they want and when that accumulator starts to go you'll notice because the same way when you turn your key on a car sometimes you'll hear the fuel pump prime yeah correct the, the smg pump primes the same way when you turn the key on okay so you'll start, you'll start hearing it to, to like always yeah, not do know, its job. It, well, it'll start to prime for a really long time because the pressure is escaping. Right. Okay. So that's a, that's a good way of noticing if it's starting to happen. That's that's a good tip. A really good. Yeah. Um, and then of. the the easiest fix for the for the, the most common SMG issue, which everyone who drives an SMG that would be listening to this, they'll know about the salmon relay and every guy that drives an SMG E46 M3 has a spare salmon relay sitting <laughs> in their glove box. <laughs> is it, what is it? A relay that just, it, they'll just blow like left and right. And then, yep. 
Yep, that's okay. exactly it. <laughs> wow, that sucks, man. I never, I mean, I never, and, and then usually this is something, so for example, uh, do you get a lot of people coming in with SM, like E46M3 SMGs wanting to just swap out the entire system and do a six-speed or wanting to actually repair Because I know, I think the pump is like six grand, right? Um, I, I think if you list price from BMW, it's probably something like that or yeah. at least like 2,500-ish. Yeah. I, don't, I don't, you know, but there's companies out there that are building uh, remanufactured units and nice. You can get it done much cheaper than that. Of course, of course. I, I'd say the market now is moving more towards people just wanting to ditch the SMG. Oh no, for um, sure. Just because of the resale value is so different. Hundred percent, hundred. I mean, there's no point in why, why spend all that money when you could basically, for almost the same price, just get a whole six-speed conversion. Why, why, why would you do anything less than that? Right, and there's some tricks to doing the conversion that make it much cheaper um, than than it can be okay uh, because physically the the two transmissions in the smg and in the regular six-speed cars are the same they are they're the same transmission um the smg cars don't have uh detent springs which okay. is, are what center the the shifter correct yeah i know i know on the e36 i had an issue with my the, the, the detent spring so i know all about that um yeah so they're the, but they're so it's a get rag. It's a six feet get rag. That's just basically. Uh, I mean, I've never even looked at one. Yeah, it's like literally that. exactly the same. Okay. So what you do is, you buy a self-centering shifter that has the springs built into it, right. um, similar to like a CAE makes one, RTD makes them. There's a bunch of companies that make these uh, racing style shifters. They're mostly like the when you see the cars have the really tall shifters. Yeah. Those are usually the self-centering shifters, but they make them with handles that are normal height. Also, they don't all have to be that giant. Right. Um, and once well, it's, you it's nice to have the shifter. It's nice to have it right there next to the steering wheel. It's actually pretty awesome to, you know, especially for drifters and mo most drifters. I know they would go with that setup, but even for uh, proper autocross or you know track racing, you would you'd want that. Yeah, it's nice because your hand is right next to the wheel. Correct. Yeah, yeah. it's not a long <laughs> long travel <laughs> to get to it. You can kind of pretend you got a career GT for about five seconds. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm joking. But, um, dude, that's crazy. So then that's – and you, you've had a lot of – I'm sure you've had a lot of people just come up with SMG cars and say, hey, look, you know, can you do the conversion? And I'm sure you've – so you, you've obviously done that uh, for, for your customers. Yeah, yeah. It's becoming more and more common just because, like I said, the resale value is substantially different. Right. And uh, just less headaches overall and not a lot of people – want to get into doing it right it does require coding all the modules in the car different right. software flashing for the you know uh, for the dme um, in addition to like the obvious hardware changes like the pedal right. cluster and shifting mechanisms right and it's uh, when you do it is it a uh do you have a for i'm sure you already have a formula down do you what would you uh what do you charge for it so so that people, can, you know, anybody listening that might say, "Oh, you shit, I'll go to, I'll go to Justin, you know, I'll go to shop <laughs> to do it." That can really vary. Um, okay. Because there's, like I said, there's a couple different ways you can do this conversion. Okay. The uh, the cheapest way is doing the self centering shifter, like I told you. Okay. The other two ways require either removing the transmission because with the mm -hmm. self centering shifter you don't have to remove the transmission. 
Okay. Um, removing the transmission and either having the SMG transmission machined to accept the detent springs. Right. And I think there's a little bell housing change that they do also. Okay. Uh, or buy a, a regular six speed and put that in. Okay. But so the it, range is range. Um, I'd say probably, you know, if, if you paid 3500 bucks to get it done, I think you did pretty good. Okay. So from there to up, probably to like four, 45, 47. Yeah. And a lot of it comes down to how much are you paying for the transmission. Right. Um, those six speed get rags are getting pretty expensive. Yeah. Especially since guys figured out that it's the same transmission that the Toyota Mark IV Supra uses. Right, um, right. Yeah, they'll just go to a super junkyard and probably get them from there instead of you know getting from a BMW junkyard that'll charge you just that much more because you're in a BMW junkyard. Well, you'd be <laughs> surprised because guys are interchanging these transmissions now, and uh, all, all the values is you know you you, you put the you know everyone two JZ everything right two JZ yeah, is gone blah 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 crazy it's um, the new LS two it's like the new LS swap yeah it's getting crazy exactly so. I'll, you know, all, all those uh, prices are inflated. So the transmissions, I, are, I don't even know what the market is on them now, but I, I'd say you're going to pay at least $2,500 for yeah. a, a six-speed. Yeah, that sounds that sounds about right. Yeah, That's crazy, man. Um, well, so we'll go on to the next. Uh, we'll find the kind of switch gears here. <laughs> no pun intended. Um, <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll talk about, so you did actually ask me, uh, freight, well, favorite projects. Actually, that's a good question for you, but, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll go real quick to me. Um, as far as the cars, actually, we can just cover, I mean, I kind of mentioned it. Yeah. I mean, I'd say that out of all the cars I've ever had, um, I've never had an E46, which really sucks. I've, I've always wanted an E46 that that's actually one of the cars I'm trying to get into now. And, um, I, it's funny. I just had a conversation this past week, uh, with this really cool guy named Van, Van owns a, he probably owns in the U.S. the most, uh, the most perfect exampled uh, replication of the need for, need most speed, excuse me, need for speed most wanted uh, GTR. <laughs> that's awesome. Which is pretty fucking cool. Yeah, like I was like, and, and that's kind of the whole thing. Like I always wanted, I always wanted, like I mentioned, the I have, if I've got an E46, it's got to be LSB, but there's one exception. And that that's the exception. If you can get a, a really good E46 and you go ahead and do a, um, you know, you actually do the, the proper knee for speed uh, conversion, uh, most wanted conversion. And it's not cheap. The body kit is is there's there's several body kits out there. There's only one that's actually the accurate one, which is from the actual GTR, the actual racing GTR, the car that that BMW actually produced, which was the E46 M3 GTR. Um, not an easy thing to get your hold uh, hold of. And you're going to spend easy for the real live like race car version uh, of it i think it's ten thousand plus um he actually even contacted oh and then yeah just talking about need for speed most wanted i was actually on a phone call with habib which was the producer um on need for speed that was a really cool phone call uh we, we went through some different uh talking about projects we went through some different conversations about something that i want to involve him on um because I'm trying to, I think me and you, Justin, uh, we spoke with about that briefly when we when we first talked. That I'm interested in wanting to do these amazing episodes, um, and I'm sure people listening, uh, if you're a BMW person, you or a guy or a girl, you have to know about the BMW films. Um, 
something that I've been wanting to work on for a while now and putting together is actually recreating those BMW films, but in a completely different format because I would never want to just, you know, I don't want to just copy it. That would be, I would never do that. That would be very inauthentic and I would never want to do that. I want to actually recreate them in a really amazing way where the point of the recreation would be that we would build specific cars first all, all the builds would be made and then those builds would actually have episodes that they would belong to that they were going to that, that they would have to the, the car itself is going to the episodes are going to be built around the cars that are going that we would be building for if that makes any sense mm-hmm. um and so we were thinking about even doing um i, I contacted uh van and i'm hoping he's actually going to hopefully going to make the trip he, he has to check his calendar to see if he's going to be able to make it but he might be able to make it. He said that the car is actually be on service. His car is actually a SMG as well. And now they're going to be doing a track version of it, which is really fucking cool. That's going to be like the hundred million percent almost exact replica because, you know, the, the car he has right now is a street car. It can't have like the it, it's not going to have, a, a you know, a, a full blown um, uh, cage, straight cage, right? A full blown cage and a, and a straight cut gear box, a racing gear box. But that's what he's going to build the race car version for. So that's going to be pretty awesome. So obviously, I have to, I had to get him involved. And he said, yeah, he was all for it. He says, yeah, that would be a fantastic idea. Um, so we might have the Need for Speed Most Wanted GTR, his car, at the show, at the event. We'll see about that if he can make it. If not, it'll be for a next, a next uh, event that we'll be planning you know, down the line. But, um, but going back to the, G- G- the GTR and the Most Wanted GTR, man, it's got – that car has got such a cold falling. And I was talking to Habib. I'm like, dude, like – I we I think everybody that ever played that game knew that whoever produced this, whoever was involved of picking the car, and 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 wanting to understand what their car they were going to use as the hero car, we I, I think we can all agree that whoever this person was was a major car guy, and obviously <laughs> BMWs. Um, and and you know when you make that car, when you do that, when you put a white body in an E46 or an E36, you really do give it that that next level performance that it can it can push, you know, it could really go above a thousand plus horsepower. If you're going to be doing a drag car or even a track car, um, it, it'll, that's all it really needs because the suspension geometry in these cars, people just don't understand how ridiculous. These things were over-engineered. Um, and I think you could agree, Justin, this is one of the reasons why older BMWs, everything I'd say from the F50 down, and not even that, I'd say probably the real driver's BMW started dying after the E90, um, the E90, E92. Yeah, that might even be a stretch. <laughs> that might be even a stretch. Even that is yeah. a little bit like, you know, that they introduced the four liter. You know, I, I don't have a problem with the four liter. I think a lot of people had a problem expe- accept, um, expecting that, uh, accepting it, excuse me, uh, when it was first introduced. But you kind of have to go back to the history of why they did that. The reason that that GTR that we were talking about, that E46 M3 GTR, that car actually had a four liter V8 as well. Mm-hmm. That was one of the reasons why they transferred and decided, you know what, we're going to put now we're going to finally go into a V8, a high revving, high compression V8. And it sounds fucking awesome. And it makes great power, 400 horsepower plus. It made easy, uh, I think, close to 400 pounds feet of torque or a little bit, uh, I think a little under that, 380, 370. Um, I might be a little bit off of my numbers because it's been a long time since I checked them. But it's it's around that amount. The only thing that I think that fucked up the E92 was it's the, the size and proportion. It started to get bigger. And that's what we're talking about. I think that's one of the biggest problems with a lot of manufacturers i've talked uh, about this on the podcast before just cars have just gotten way too fucking big like this is stupid and and you know the the e92 i think is going to be the next bmw 
gem. E46, E36, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. And I think it's probably going to be the most... It's between, to me, the E46 and the E92 as to which one will be the most valuable yeah. BMWs ever. Because um, yeah. they're just... Like, the E30 is cool, whatever, they're okay. E30s don't really wow me. But... Uh, they don't... <laughs> You're gonna no, piss a lot don't. of people, a lot of E30 know, guys. Out I know, there. but you know what? I'm gonna but say I, it I right get now. It. I'm gonna Porsche say it for my for my sure. buddy Ryan. M20s suck that come in the regular <laughs> E30s. Um, that's 14, obviously, in the M3 is awesome. Yeah, but uh, like t- today's standards, they they're not really that. It's it's the, not the a chassis suck. Like there's like there's so much E30 hype. And the E36 and E46 are literally better than an E30 in every single way. Like, Correct. there's not one way you're like that you're ever gonna tell me that that an E30 is better. <laughs> yeah, and that's great. and I think they look great. I think they're cool. I have always wanted one. Um, I think they're really cool looking cars. If you want an old car, but save the whole E30 is the best car ever made thing because that's right. It's it's yeah, it's questionable, and that's I I agree with that as well. Um, and I, and that's why I think the E92 M3 being the last naturally aspirated M car. Right. Um, that I think that special. will be the pinnacle uh, of it all. I, I think that's the one that's going to skyrocket in value one day. So if you have an E92 M3, I'd say, keep you it. know, d- keep it, put it, yep. you know, if you're thinking about getting rid of it, don't put it in the garage. <laughs> right. And don't sell it or, or don't, don't sell uh, it. yeah, don't, don't short yourself on selling it now. Yeah, I, I agree. I totally agree. I think that you have a, a very good point in saying that. And it's, it's totally true. And, um, I mean, I, I've driven e, I have driven E92s, and there, there's a guy, Matt, in California. I reached out to him, but I, I gotta see about. Um, he's in California. He's, dude, he did the craziest fucking build. He twin turboed an E92, and it's Laguna Seca blue, and it's not painted Laguna Seca blue. He got it from the factory, uh, Laguna Seca blue. So it's an individual car. <clears throat> that was one of the reasons why I reached out to him. Dude, the car's got a thousand horsepower, and the fucking that that V8 because it's it's a high compression V8, obviously. It literally sounds, it sounds like a Koenigsegg. I know how crazy that sounds, but <laughs> if you compare the engines, it's very similar size. You know, the, the, the engine, the Koenigsegg, for a long time, actually, people don't know this, and people are probably going to be like, yeah, that's fucking bullshit, but I'll go look it up. So, I don't know if you know this, Justin, Koenigseggs, for a while, before they went into the 5-liter version of the V8, they had a, uh, believe it or not, <laughs> it's crazy, I, I remember, because I, I, I mean, I had the Terminator. And when I learned, when I found out about this, I couldn't believe it. He was actually using Koenigsegg. I don't know if it's Christian's going to kill me for saying this, but Christian was actually, um, they were using, um, so there was a, a full illuminator block that a lot of Mustang guys would know about this and Cobra guys would know about this, that you could literally get from a junkyard. This is like a very well-kept secret. Fuck, I'm just going to say it anyways. <laughs> um, out of a Lincoln Mark VIII. If you could find a 98 to 99 Lincoln Mark 8, they had full illuminator blocks that were made by a company called Texit. Texit was a company, a block, a V8 company, a, a, a motor producing company that was making V8s for Ferrari, uh, specifically Formula 3 V8s for Ferrari. And they had a contract with Ford for, I think it was two years, where they were making these illuminator blocks that were good for 15 plus 100 horsepower. And they were wow. full aluminum. Yeah. And so um, you could literally pick one of these things up at a junkyard for a hundred bucks, as long as you can find <laughs> a Lincoln Mark Eight. So a lot of people didn't know this. Um, that's why the '99 Mustang, the Cobra, before it got the supercharger on it, there was a I think it was six months. It was in the middle of the year that they got 
a batch of these Texid blocks. And then the rest got the, I think it was either that the, the cast iron block that ended up going into the, the first generation Cobra, the 2000, uh, 2001 to 2004, was it? 2003 to 2004, I think it was? Or 2002 that, that's, to... That's what I have sitting here in the shop now, the twin turbo Mustang that I mentioned earlier. Oh, it's a Terminator? It's not a Terminator. It's a 2001 New Edge, but it has okay. the, the four-valve... Um, Aluminum motor swapped. Yes, yeah, it does. Aluminum, awesome. swapped into it. Fucking uh, awesome. <laughs> high compression. Um, it's on a mega squirt standalone twin precision turbos. Uh, it's really car, cool. Has, is the car being you're, you're building it? You're, or is it already almost done? So this car was already built, but it was built a really long time ago. Okay. So and it, it's it, it's got twenty six thousand original miles on it. Dude, that's that's a low mileage for that car. <laughs> yeah, and this guy bought it, and it's a it's actually the body is a saline um, clone. Oh, nice! I had a and, saline as well. Uh, I had a, a one. Yeah, they're cool cars. Like I, I I don't I know a lot of people aren't New Edge Mustang fans, but I I, right. I think they look okay. Yeah, um, that's and, awesome, uh, dude. That we're just yeah, talking yeah, so about this, built, and you have one there in your shop. Yeah, yeah, it was built a while ago, so we're kind of refreshing a lot of things on it. Um, you know the the fuel lines and stuff that were used way back when aren't so e85 friendly and there's better options now so we're we're replacing a lot of different little things here and there but for the most part like it's in it's a time capsule right <laughs> and it's very still cool. fast it's still very, very cool. fast oh no and they're they're a great cars. i mean well i'll take that back um they're they had good engines good transmissions and they were you know they were the new Mustang, but to say it's a good car, eh, yeah, I don't want to. I, mean, I don't want to kill anybody. I don't want to. I don't want to kill the Mustang. You know the lovers and the and the Ford. But I just, I'm sorry, guys. It just, I, I had one, and I, I can't talk shit. I had one. I had one for almost eight years. The Mystic uh, 04 Cobra that I had, um, and I, 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 it's just what killed me on that car was two things. Uh, the design of the car itself was very questionable when it first came out. Um, they kind of tried to do a sharp lined. You know, less uh, flow, like less flowing lines on the Mustang. And it was just, it, it was in the middle of when they were trying to finally figure out what they were going to do for the future, which was the retro style that we finally all fell in love with. And I think that's, they hit it out of the park with that one. Um, but sorry, Justin, what were we going to say? No, I was just going to say, I, like with American cars, uh, at least up until the, you know, 2010s, um, the, the quality just wasn't really there. Right. in any way but these new mustangs are so good and i hate it because i could i could never make myself buy one like i've right. i've gone to the well, dealership before and test drove one and i'm like this is so great and then gone right. bought a bmw the next day because i've just said i couldn't i just couldn't make myself do it but they're so right. good now but let me tell you you know why there's you know one of the reasons why they drive you know one of the reasons why you actually thought it drove good well I, i'm not even talking about the driving i'm just talking about even well, the, the interior the Carl Villar. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah the interior yeah no no no. they are they they finally got it i mean they finally got it right they had to finally thank you after like fucking 50 years thanks you know thanks guys <laughs> yeah. finally got your shit together i appreciate that i mean that the, the shelby gt350r and the shelby gt350 that is literally the car to buy um i think that's because the the shelby gt500 now the cobra the fucking uh, automatic automatic only no sorry I don't. I don't want. Hey, it's a DCT. It. Yeah, DCT. No, thank you. I don't want it. I mean, it's just stupid. I think it's retarded. I get the push for it, and we could all 
sit here and, you know, have the two sides. No, fuck you. Manuals are always be the shit. No, fuck you. You're an idiot because you're not going to go faster. We get it, guys. There's two there's two camps and this will go on for a long time. But I think that the industry right now is pushing for this DCT uh, transmission, just like we're seeing the push for electric cars. And there's a reason why Singer, companies like Singer, and I'm trying to think of other companies. Um, there's even companies right now that are coming up. Uh, I don't know the name of them, but there's a couple here in the U.S. that will actually swap out a uh, the 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 Ferrari's um, DCT transmission for a uh, for a manual for a six speed manual. There there's a huge want, and there's a reason why most Ferraris, pretty much anything with a manual right now, is going up in price, like shooting skyrocket skyrocketing, especially Ferraris. So. You know, there's a reason for that. It's because of the push that we're probably seeing. I mean, we are kind of seeing the death of the manual, you know. Um, the Corvette, you know, the Chevy Corvette, the C8, and Chevy with that, and Ford with the Shelby GG500 Cobra, them pushing this, sorry, we're not going to offer a manual, not even giving you the option. It's just solidifying what we're talking about. It should learn from Porsche. Well, yeah. With the right. GT3, they got rid of the manual for a while. Yep. Yep, but they had to bring it back. They had to bring it because, back. Yeah, they brought it back now for the 991.2 and the and the 992 and um and they really fucked up there with the Cobra R, uh, the 911R, uh, excuse me. Okay, I'm going crazy. The 911R, they really messed up there. That's a other conversation that maybe we could have on the second podcast, but cuz now we're kind of straining, but what I was trying to say was so the E92 back to what we were talking about. <laughs> that E92, whatever that guy is, I got I got to reach out to him. I wish I would have uh, saved his uh the handle so I could have set it out here. You guys could look it up, but we'll do it on the second podcast. I'll put it up on the details of the of the podcast. Dude, go look at this fucking thing. It's a 1000 horsepower and it sounds like a fucking Koenigsegg and it's a E92. It's sick. So, um I actually reached out to I'm going to I'm actually having reached out to him to come to the show. I'm going to actually reach out to him again just talking about it. I just reminded myself that I got to invite him to see if maybe he can bring the the cards to the show because he has without a doubt, I think in my opinion, the most ridiculous, most insane, most badass E92 I've ever seen in my entire life ever. Ever built, twin turbo built. This is this is the guy. And think about it. That's twin turbo right E92s. There. Justin, yeah. you tell me how many how many you've ever even heard of. I mean that that's probably the second one or third one I've ever heard of. Exactly. So, and they probably what, you, all came you know from the same shop. About? Um the there's a different guy that I knew that actually owns a BMW forum. Um that uh, I think the shop's name is Gentani actually. Oh, I know Gentani. Yeah, I've, I've heard yeah, of him. I they, reached out to him as well. Yeah. Of course. Yeah, they they actually developed the kit, I think, and and did all the the tuning for it, which I think was the hard part. Also, that was that all. was yeah, it was it that was that was Jintani's build then. Yeah, and there was this guy named Joseph. Okay. That I that, wow. Uh, that yeah, I think Gintani's, he had the first one or second. Gint, one. Gintani's fucking dude. He's the go-to guy right now as far as tuning in California, and if you want a flame spitting, fire breathing most insane badass tune for your supercars or hybrid it's like he's tearing it up he's kicking fucking ass yeah they have a nice operation going that's for sure oh yeah i mean you have guys like ddd uh you know uh, ddde excuse me uh damien going over there and raving about it obviously and doing all the videos with him and then he just i mean i actually reached out to him as well to tell him about the show he said that he was gonna he was gonna figure it out i just i haven't heard back from him i know how busy he is so it's been um It'd be fantastic. I told him, I'm like, dude, if you can come down and you have the time, which he probably doesn't, but if you do and you want to bring your customers, please, more than welcome to. Like every day he's putting out. The other day I saw one with an SVJ where it was just, it was a blue SVJ. So fucking ripping, dude, just down the street, just down the road, just <laughs> easily, like, and just 
spitting. I mean, the, the flame throwing tune that he does is just so sick. I mean, it's something that I think a lot of tuners have known about, but in recent years with the popularity of YouTube and people actually doing this to their supercars and wanting to, you know, have like dragon breathing fucking supercar tunes, he kind of made it. I think he's one of the main guys here in the U.S. that has made it uh, mainstream. It has made it pretty famous. Yeah, um, I, I can't tell you how many phone calls we get of people asking for like uh, flames and uh, <laughs> crackle tunes. Like some right. people don't even want a tune if their car is not going to make that. It's not going to be. Yeah, that's just stupid. But the crack. I'll tell you this: the crackle tune has gone way, way. I don't know what the fuck happened. It's out of it, hand. It's out oh of yes, hand. oh yes. I mean, especially with the M2s. Oh, dude, it sounds fucking stupid. It sounds like your shit is. It sounds like the engine needs a fucking tune. Well, the annoying part is that they're coming like that from the factory. From the factory. And, that, and that's where the fad started. Yes, I know. And then people like are like, it. oh, I want that times 10. It's like, no, you don't. This is stupid. It was like uh, the same thing happened a few years ago. There was a, a, a phenomenon called ghost cam. And it's when these guys with Mustangs figured out that uh, if you change the overlap on the uh, variable valve timing, you could make a car sound like it had aftermarket cam like big aftermarket camshafts in it right yeah i remember that i remember yeah that became a thing too and i had you know people with six cylinder bmws coming and asking me for uh ghost cam tunes on like a six you know right. <laughs> it's like bro it's just stupid. gonna sound like it's misfiring like is that exactly. really what you want <laughs> yeah exactly really yeah it's like trying to educate people on like hey dude seriously you want your car to sound like it's misfiring yeah man i do it's cool yeah hey the, the customer I, is always right yeah, I don't think so. I think you know much better than that, right? I, yeah, it, I mean, the, I, I try not to do any of those sorts of stupid sorts of things. Yeah, I'm, you know, I, I try to educate because, it, well, you know, if, if I can make them see my way a little bit, fine. If not, then hey, you know, it's on them. Right, but I think because I, I I've I've experienced a similar, actually, exactly the same thing you just talked about in the wheel industry in the forge wheel industry, and true, oh, man. There's so many stupid people out there. That's just what it comes down to. There, there's just a lot of stupid people. I'm sorry, guys. That's just the truth. A lot of people just don't understand what they're looking at. And I, I totally, I mean, I, you know, I'm not, you know what? I'm going to go out on the leg here. The other day I saw a video. Um, I guess Wheels Boutique got some new representative. She's um, nah, she's pretty cute girl, you know, out there doing their multimedia. And they were interviewing some fucking, dude, some fucking nerd. In an M2, and oh my god, this fucking car sounded like shh. It sounded like the. It sounded like the. I can't even. I can't. I can't even come up with words. It's not. It just sounded like shit. It was just the the crackle pop, you know, garbage exhaust times a, a million. And it's just. I, I mean, you get up to it. It even started. It wasn't even. It wasn't even doing it in the right RPM range. Instead of doing it on the on the blowback, like when the car's rubbing, you know, RPMs are coming down. And maybe doing it for a couple RPM. It was doing it from the second he would have let off the, the, the accelerator. <laughs> it's just stupid. And probably I'm gonna tell not. you, th these BMW computers actually have timers in them to where you can tell it how long to do that for. That's so fucking stupid. Yeah, BMW has really lost their way. I, I, <laughs> I, I, BMW, Justin. I, I mean, the whole listening. car culture has just taken like a very different turn. And I don't know if that's just me being an old guy now. Right. Um, well, how, 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 how old are you, Justin? I'm not even that old. I'm going to be 30 on Monday. Come on, man. If you're old, that makes me a grandpa. I'm 37, man. Don't say that. Uh, I'm, I'm old 
in my my soul, my brain, my old soul. soul. <laughs> and uh, you know, I, I just the the fads and stuff now. Like I was at the E eighty five station the other day, mm-hmm. filling up the forty six, and this kid in a F thirty, uh, you know, probably twenty thirteen, twenty fourteen, three twenty i, looks at me, floors it through the parking lot crackles at me and i look at the sticker on his car and it says i eat ass on the side wow and, and i like it's not the first time i've seen the sticker fuck. and i'm like no, no, what, no, i know you know Who what the fuck would, i know <laughs> yeah. hey like, man what you i do is what you do i don't care I, but like <laughs> <laughs> like dude, really you're putting it out there huh i'm like this yeah, is this I, is like what you know and the, like i don't know this is like a cool thing there's a lot of cool things that i'm not really sure about right now yeah well they're not they're not the cool thing man it's just these stupid dumbass <laughs> fucking dumbass retarded kids that are that stupid they want to follow their followers these are followers same thing with the i mean something i've been talking for a long 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 time is the uh the hella flush crew and the hella F- flush community and the hella slow and the lone slow and I can't even I can't even get started well, on that. that that'll between, be a different podcast. Between them and the truck guys, the lifted truck guys, they are the ricers from the early two thousands. For sure. Now. Like yes. and they don't even know it. And they're then they think that they're not, and it's like, yes, you are. Trust me. You know what never goes out of style? What? Being going stupid fast. Oh going <laughs> It's never well, going, gone out of style. Go yeah, going fast, street racing. I mean, people I think people have a different perception of what street racing actually is from what it, what it like what they think it is and what it actually is. Um, there's people street racing right now as we speak. There are, there are hundreds of people as of right now speaking on this podcast. People are on the street setting up street racing uh, or uh, street races and, and street racing right now. Um, street racing will probably be with us forever. Forever, and I, I hope that this forever that I'm saying is not going to be diluted by all this electric push. Because let me tell you, that's something that now in Europe, um, you know, uh, that's it. Uh, Volkswagen has, has stated by 2034, 32, they are not going to be making an internal combustion engine anymore. Um, remember, that's a that's a very that's a that's a strong that's a very worrying fact because you're talking about the same people that own. You know, huge. Well, I mean, not that they own Porsche, they own everything. but everything. Right. I mean, they're they're there with Porsche, Bugatti, and what's going to happen? Um, I, 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 and oh, holy shit! By any uh, anybody listening to this, go to SEMA. I think it's on SEMA. It's all over SEMA. I don't know if you guys have heard of this. There's a uh, new law that they're trying to ban race cars completely, forever. Yeah, I want um, to touch on that actually. I think that's a great, okay. s- great topic we should discuss because that's know, very that's, current right now. I'm glad I I, I, I should have even written it and sent it to you. Yeah, it's um. If you guys go to, I know that SEMA. Uh, I signed my petition through John Zlingua, which is the owner of the West uh, the uh, Cars and Coffee in West Palm. Uh, if you want to go to his website it, or his Facebook page, it's also up there. You can go to SEMA. I think SEMA's has it, and I think you could probably look it up, and I just don't even know. Do you know, Justin, do you know the name of the uh, the bill? Uh, it's called the RPM Act. That's what it is, it, the RPM Act. Well, that, that's, what they, that's what SEMA's pushing for is uh, a right. bill called the RPM Act. Right. Because yeah. uh, all the rules that we have right now uh, have been in place, um, and they just haven't been enforced. Now they're right. being enforced. Right. 
And that's a scary thought for everybody listening and everybody in the car community. I don't care if you're the hella flush people. It, this includes you too. And, and that fucking dumbass <laughs> driving the eat my ass fucking. I mean, anybody who fucking puts a decal. Listen, you know what this is, Justin? You know what it reminds me of? Remember the fucking shocker shit? That fucking yeah, stupid yeah, dumb. Yeah. It's, all, it's the same thing. I mean, it's almost the same thing, just even worse. <laughs> because, you know, that was a drawing of like the, the you know, one of the. St- I mean, come on. Like, what the fuck? Like, what the fuck is going on? You know, but go ahead. Sorry. The world's crazy. ending, man. <laughs> I'm convinced of it. <laughs> but uh, it's, it's sad, is what it is. The, the The RPM Act is very important because the the way the the laws are written in the with the EPA now, um, it doesn't allow any avenue for someone to convert a car into a race car. Right. So bullshit. By the way. Is, yeah. So what that means is, if if you have a car that came with a VIN number. There is no way you could ever turn it into a race car, ever. Right. No matter and, what. And that means that means that every single person who's ever modded a car, even with an intake, is included into this. Right. Yeah. And, and unless you're buying, you know, uh, and, and that's kind of one of the changes that we're we're we've made is, uh, you know, if we're doing performance stuff, mm-hmm. it's it's got to have a, a carb EO number now. That way, we're emissions compliant. It's wow. just it's just how it has to be now. But oh, wait a minute, this is in Florida though. That you're you're I mean, obviously you're in Florida. I thought that was only for California and the and New York that had like smog um, emission regulations. So EPA, so the EPA has adopted CARB standards, which is uh-huh. uh, California. Uh, but all the EPA ruling is federal. So even though we don't have emissions testing in Florida, right? It's still a federal. Offense to tamper with emissions components, and that includes software tuning as well. Um, That's why you see a lot of these companies like uh, we use HP tuners a lot. Well, no, no, that's not even your safe haven anymore. Really? Because because they're they're holding uh, builders or parts manufacturers liable for what people are doing with their parts. It's like saying that oh, we have to crazy. sue a, a gun or bullet manufacturer if somebody shoots somebody. If someone shoots somebody. That's fucking crazy. And there's no way we can guarantee. And there's, you know, we've always had the waivers and off-road use only. Right. Uh, Loophole. You know, signage. But, you know, it, 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 <laughs> the fact is it doesn't mean anything. Uh, wow. So the only real safe way is uh, to just not do it. It's too much of a liability. Right. I, uh, I think it's like ten thousand dollar fine or something crazy like that to remove a catalytic converter. That's so um, fucking crazy, man. This is Nazi yeah. town shit. This is. It's uh, why? Why uh, take that chance? Right. Um, Th- that's crazy, I, in, man. I, in, in the past uh, couple months, there's been shops that I don't want to use the word raided, but they've had knocks at the door randomly from the epa showing up to check all the cars in their shop and read off their obd2 to see if the emissions ready checks are there um so this is something that they're already putting so how are they even getting away with doing any i thought that was what we were all fighting about with this bill i mean it sounds like it's already being enforced it it is being enforced and it's it, it it started to be enforced in probably like 2015 um, and it was mostly just the diesel guys before all these guys that started rolling coal. Right. Um, they they brought the wrong attention, even though rolling coal like doesn't really do anything, you know, compared to a regular car. It's still it just looks bad and people right. can't deal with things that look bad. 
It, well, it brought awareness, or what I should say is it brought awareness to people who would never really never heard about think it. about it otherwise. Right. Um, and now they've just Fuck. moved it over into the gas cars. And their reasoning behind it is that there's so many cars in the U.S. that the majority of air pollution produced by the U.S. is yeah. car pollution. Right, which is bullshit. But Yeah, and it's, it's dumb because, you know, I can bring you a car here that's tuned on e85 right and it'll pass emissions exactly like it'll pass the sniffer test right but it's still you know tampering yeah, they're, they're trying to get away it. well for, for them i think they're looking at it like always with everything that has to do with government regulation it's just a big fucking fat check and they're just trying to figure out who they can target and how much money they can make out of it I and mean, that's what it comes down to it's it's yeah, and I mean, it comes down to like you know I, I feel like they're gonna end up doing something like what they've done with uh, guns. Like if right. you want a suppressor, you need a tax stamp. Correct. And I feel yeah. like they're gonna try to make us get a tax stamp for modifying our car or something. Can you imagine, man, all the shops that probably wouldn't even be able to afford that right now? How many? How many? Imagine COVID. Look what COVID did for the restaurant business. Look what it's, this would do the same thing for the entire auto modding auto uh, auto industry in the like in the U.S. in the world. Yeah, and if you and if you look around, you'll see that most of the companies are not uh, have discontinued the sale of a lot of their off-road use-only products. Wow, I had no idea about that. I mean, it's, it's yeah, been a while it's, since I've been on. Yeah, and this this is all like really, really recent, like in the last couple weeks that, that right. a lot of these changes have occurred. And um, I mean, besides everybody signing this petition to completely abolish this and and go against it, what what else? can can we all do to i i don't i mean i haven't dove into it as much because i thought it was just something that was in the background i had heard about the rpm bill and there was a couple of other ones that like you said back in 2015 i kind of heard about it and think you know rounds were being and back then you know even 2015 which was only six years ago social media wasn't as power as powerful as as connected as it is today and as fast so I remember I signed it and then it kind of went away and I was like, all right, I think we won that battle. But now when I heard about it again, I'm like, what the fuck? This thing's back. Yeah. So what the RPM Act does is it'll, it, it opens up an avenue for people to convert their cars into a race car. It kind of clarifies the, uh, the, bill. The, uh, the, the, the bill, the wording of the current the wording. Law. Yeah. So is there I anything mean, else we can do? I mean, I don't. I don't think so. <laughs> I, I think I think the real key is adaptation. I, right. I think we have to to adapt, and it's not the first time this kind of stuff has happened. If you look right. in history, um, to the 1970s when we had all the uh, fuel crisis, right? Cars got really lame. Yeah, you know, we had yeah. the awesome cars of the 60s, early 70s, and then fuel crisis. Really yep. lame cars for about 10, 15 years. And then yep. now stuff is awesome again. Right. So it's all a cycle. Um, well, remember the XJ220 kind of suffered, I think, was one of the cars in the 90s that really suffered that immensely. Well, yeah, because that car was around like right after a, a recession. <laughs> yep. Or like, a you know, what was it? Uh, a Black Friday or Black Monday or Black Friday or whatever it was when, no, no, when no, the no, market was, tanked, right? right? Yeah, it was. It was a recession. And, and I remember yeah. they, they were talking about, I mean, I've seen now, especially the XJ220 has come to a lot of light. They, they, uh, Chris Harris, uh, it was just on top here again. They just compared it with the F40. Um, and it was sick. It was uh, It was such a disappointment. That car was really, and it was funny. They made a really good it was the first time a lot of people have made now this this point about trying to talk about the XJ220 as, hey, look, 
it's not as bad as you think it is. But I, I will tell you something. I've sat in that. I've sat in that car. Um, there's a place called uh, uh, there's a place called here in, in Florida called uh, Curated. It's owned by a guy by the name of John Tamarian. Um, he has been very famous for having three at a time sometimes at the at the location, which is ridiculous. Uh, you could usually I never I never even seen one in my life, and then I saw three of them at his place. But I've known John for a while, and let me tell you, man, it was. It's scary to think that that car could have been probably what it should have been was the F40 and the F50 and maybe I don't I don't want to say it was going to be a McLaren killer what what all it was never going to give the competition nobody could have ever given nobody ever even came close to the McLaren F1 but um, it, it shows you what what can happen when they were planning a V12 four wheel drive and then went from four wheel drive V12 fuck that V6 from a Mondeo and you know just. Well, twin turbo, and I mean that's basically what had happened. Def got the never got the four wheel drive system. Um, it's a cool car. It looks absolutely stunningly, insanely crazy, amazing. But when you get in, when you sit inside the car, I mean, it is very '90s, and it's got its very cool, amazing features to it and and, and design. But in comparison to the F40, yeah, you can't. The, the F40 is just it's an F40. Exactly. And it's just the, the way, I mean, both of them have different, obviously one's British, one's Italian. So they, they're going to have that. But yeah, that's crazy, man. Is there, um, yeah, sorry, I don't want to say it again, but so Justin, is there anything else that anybody else listening to this can, like I said, besides signing this petition, which is very important. I even sent yeah. it to a friend of mine in Germany who she's a race car driver. She didn't even know about it. So I was like, yeah, I'm like, Hey, you have to sign this. She's been on the podcast as well. Uh, Laura, uh, Laura, Laura Luft is her name. Very cool, very amazing person. She's beautiful, and she's uh, she's out there racing, and she didn't know about it. I'm like, please sign it. So she's like, oh, thank you for sending it to me. Yeah, um, and what I will say is this is going to affect everybody everywhere because right. uh, one of the most popular uh, companies that sell uh, reflashing devices for all the diesel pickup trucks. Right, like HP called, tuners? Uh, it's a company called EasyLink is okay. being sued by the epa and they're based in the cayman islands so what? nobody is nobody is safe so what? if you think it if you think it doesn't affect you it does affect you exactly yeah so, if you're in the cayman yeah. islands and the and the, <laughs> you're getting you're getting targeted then yeah you got that uh, i mean you're you're not safe nobody's safe nobody's safe so what are they what are they trying sign? to go after them for like just the 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 fact that they're putting out a product that obviously goes into the computer the 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 stock ECU and and gives you you know sometimes it's like two three hundred something four hundred uh, horsepower more and sometimes like well, five hundred six hundred pound feet of torque. So the Easy Link is really only a, a flashing device right. and like OBD two monitor like you can clear codes or view right. live data from the engine. Doesn't do okay. anything else besides that. Yeah, like well, Diablo Sport, uh, like we just mentioned, the uh, HP tuners. Those are, I mean, they've been around for a while. The, the, yeah, those are actual tuning platforms. The Easy Link is just the tool that makes it so you can flash the tune onto the ECU. Okay, got you. So I, I actually think Easy Link will probably win this battle. Yeah, because um, they don't even have the software yeah, built in when you plug it in. So yeah. Although, like we said earlier, they are going after people saying that they're using their products not as intended and still punishing them. So it's, you know, in my opinion, I think that's silly to hold EasyLink liable for people using their device to defeat emissions. Right. Um, adding that ability. They're, they're not supplying that ability. Right, exactly. But, uh, it's, yeah, it's, I mean, I, I think the name of the game is just adaption. You know, when, right. when you go to modify your car and you're going to order your next part or whatever, I think that, you know, that, that should be a thought 
in your mind. And right. I, I, I don't think they're ever going to go after the individual uh, consumer like that. I know in California, no, they're gonna go they after do the companies. spots. Yeah, they, they go after, you know, check your car with a mirror and stuff in California, pop the hood. That's California. Yeah. Um, everywhere fuck else, California. I don't, I don't, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I'm from LA, guys, so I, I can say, fuck <laughs> California. California's fucked. I'm sorry, guys. You guys better all to move to Miami or Texas. So, and there's a shit ton of people that are doing that right now. Yeah, a ton of them. A ton yeah. of them. Because, you know, it's, it, hopefully they just don't turn these places like, like California, you know, or New York. Us being in South Florida, you know, everybody's, you know, what I used to work in Boca in wealth management. We used to, joke around that uh our office was park avenue south right everybody was from new york right yeah i mean it's uh i mean even guys like big big youtubers like uh alex uh, alejandro um from salamandrin he just made that move he, he was like fuck this i'm gonna fuck out of california he hasn't put up a video explaining why but i think we all know why and um these are some of the reasons and and he went from california to texas so he's already set up in texas and it sucks. It sucks that uh, California, I mean, I, I, I grew up there. Uh, I used to go there on the summers when I was a kid. I hadn't been there since I was 14, but it was such an amazing place. And car culture there is literally, it, it, I'd say in the United States, there's a couple of meccas. Miami, I would say was, you know, Florida is definitely one of them, but California was king. And I think what we're going to see is a huge move from California. People are probably going to go to Texas. Oh, sorry. I forgot to mention Texas. Texas. Yeah, you guys are in there as well. And people are just going to go, like, forget California. You know, if you're a car enthusiast, if you're a car culture person, if you're if you're in car, car culture, you're probably going to end up wanting to get the fuck out of California and go to Texas or Miami or Florida. So, yeah, and, and speaking of which, this week or uh, is Texas 2K, I believe. Texas 2K. That's right. Yeah. What's going on? I wish I could be there again. Another another failed opportunity to go to fucking Texas. But that's next year. Next year. Next year. Maybe we yeah. could plan a trip uh, together, Justin. We'll get together and we're all, we'll, we'll get a bunch of amazing Fastly. Yeah, but that's the thing. Just to go to Texas 2K, just if you want, not forget about winning. If you want to just go to compete against some of the f- slowest guys there, you need like now 15, 1600 horsepower. Yeah, if, if your car doesn't trap at least 160, don't even show up. Don't even, just don't even bother. Like, and, and then, yeah. and the street racing, like. <sighs> 2,000, 2,000, 1,700 horsepower now is the norm. Can like, I tell you what's so impressive to me right now? Tell me. Is uh, Calvo Motorsports. Oh, Calvo. The, I, the, and the new Vipers. I was Vipers just thinking about it when you were saying it. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, Calvo there. Dude, 20, I think 22 now, 2,400 horsepower? No, 3,000. 3,000. Like, it was like 3,000 something, almost 3,100 that they brought to Texas 2K this year. A street car, man. In a car and, you can go. And it hooks. And it hooks. And it hooks. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's, it's. Well, listen, you know what they are? Calvo, I think, took the formula that Underground Racing has had for now 20 years. And they're like, what can we, what car, what car can we do that's not an exotic? Well, technically a Viper, that Viper, the, the Gen 5 is, but is not like, you know, your typical Lamborghini, Ferrari, um, Porsche. Um, and, and uh, Porsche, I don't even, I don't really even consider Porsche exotics, but. You know what I'm saying? Like Lamborghini and Ferrari, obviously, that they use. And what can we do and how far can we take it? And I think Calvo has been that that company that has taken that uh, that formula and applied it to one of the most badass fucking streetcars I think ever made in the history of American streetcars. Uh, American, uh, you know, it's not a muscle car, obviously, but a supercar. Yeah. So that, really, the Viper is a supercar. Yeah, and 
uh, from the American camp, they haven't really had anything doing awesome stuff since uh, the Ford GT. Since the Ford GT, right? And, and then yeah, the, the that used ones. to be the amazing one. And yeah, new right. ones, whatever. We, I mean, we don't new, even, that's not even a mention. Just fucking come on, Ford. I mean, thanks, thanks, Ford, for for going out there and winning Le Mans. Okay, I get it, Le Mans. Thank you. That was awesome, Le Mans, Le Mans. However, you guys want to say it. Obviously, Le Mans pronounced perfectly, you know, pro- properly. But I, I feel, I feel, I, I felt it from the day that I saw that car. And I'm not saying if you have one, guys, that you should feel like I'm talking shit about your car. I'm not, because it, it is fucking an amazing engineered, ridiculously. I mean, it's 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 a supercar. You're getting, you're really getting uh, for the price that everybody paid for it. It's pretty amazing because it could go against some of the hypercars out there. Well, not even close to close to some of the most beat some most of the supercars and beat close to some of the hypercars. Out. Cool, awesome. But you know what? V6 and turbo. It does sound very good for a V6 and turbo. Not gonna talk shit. As good as it can. As good as. It can. <laughs> But imagine, you know, I think that Ford had all the money in the world to throw, you know, to have probably made the most, the smallest leadered, you know, high compression V8 that could have weighed just as little as the V6. And the way I see it is I know why they did it. They wanted to promote the shit out of the engine because they're going to put in their Mustangs and they're going to put in their fucking F-150 and they want to sell more. And that's why they did it. And And the truth is, it is a good motor. It like, it, it just, it is. Yeah, I can't talk shit about the engine, but it's yeah. just not what we want out of a fucking supercar or hypercar. It's just not, you know. But um, <laughs> but that's crazy, man. That's that's uh that's awesome. That uh yeah um that's insane. Um, man, we, we're we're doing pretty good. We're at an hour and seventeen minutes. We haven't even, <laughs> we haven't even touched like seven of the different things that we're going to talk about. <laughs> um, well, we kind of have. We so we spoke. Let's 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 get into the shop life because you this is a good uh, topic you brought up. So shop life, uh, shop life, why we do it, goals, and how we do it. So I'll take I'll let you take that that over completely. Yeah, sure. I mean, why we do it? I mean, the the funny thing was you bringing up Need for Speed today, uh, right? Because. Yeah, I, I think Need for Speed Underground 2, I, you know, Underground 1, but mostly Underground 2 was the game that changed my life. <laughs> yes, I would I would say that's a, a correct comment. I think it changed a lot of our lives, for sure. And I was obsessed with the free roam, and I was yeah. obsessed with the fact that you could go and tune your car. And I remember moving those little bars up and yep. down and dynoing my car over and over again. And I think that's just kind of... Uh, between that and racing gopeds with my buddies, like that—that's. Dude, that's you had a goped? Hell yeah! No way, bro. <laughs> Me too, man. I grew up with like, I grew up with the sport, the, the yeah, sport, and my. <laughs> as sport, yeah. My friend had the liquidmatic, and we were always fucking racing each other. And he was always he, dude. I'd always get him out of the hole. And then after about like I don't know, it was like five or seven or eight miles, he would get me on the because he had a clutch, and he would actually get me on the long run at, at the at the lower end and it, it was always a battle like we you know we start but that's awesome dude they had go for those fucking bad you needed that bigger spindle you needed that 950 spindle. i know i know no dude it was a, are you kidding that's where that's one of the things anybody ever asked me about like where my you know where did the inspiration obviously i was into cars when i was i mean i was a tiny i was a kid a little you know i was a uh, i mean my first my first word that came out of my mouth was car when i was three years old but um you know, that was one of the introductory things that I had as a toy to start fucking around with and, and you know, start modding, basically, in the modding world. And uh, that's awesome. And how fast did you get yours to go? Mine wasn't super fast because I, I had only, like, a, it was a sport, and it right. had, like, a 750 spindle on it, but it had an exhaust and, and carburetor. Nice. And a, yeah, that's you know. pretty much all you could do is the exhaust, carburetor, the intake, and <clears throat> you yeah, were pretty good. Yeah, 
yeah, advance the timing a little bit. Yes. Um, so I, I think you know, it did you know, you know like what right I, around 30. Sorry, I, I didn't want to interrupt, Justin. I was going to tell you, um, I had one uh, not too long ago, like a couple, like 10 years ago. I just bought one just to fuck around with. Um, and dude, I did an ED5 tune on it. And that fucking <laughs> thing ripped. Did it, did was it feel a, scary to ride? Because my buddy has a stock sport that mm -hmm. he uh, sitting in his garage that he's supposed to bring over to the shop for us to mess with. And it, it you know, it probably goes all like 15 now that I'm adult sized. And right. uh, <laughs> I was like, okay, this is way too fast. I'm done. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so I mean, it, 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 I, I don't remember. I, you know, because this was way. I mean, this was maybe more than 10 years ago. But it was, it was pre like when smartphones were just getting into. You know, they started to really evolutionize into like computers, and I never did a measure, but I do remember that um, it would. I remember when I did the eighty-five tune, and I, I messed around with the air fuel, just to make sure everything was good, because obviously you go a little too lean, you're gonna blow that piston. It's a tiny little piston, and um, dude, I remember that I had never had, I had never done so many wheelies in my entire life on a go-ped, <laughs> except after I did the eighty-five tune. It was sick. It had so much low and torque. It was awesome, man. It was fucking awesome. That's really cool. So then, it was Need for Speed was your inspiration to to just basically, you know, want to do this as a profession. Yeah, I mean that that I guess, I guess that's where I figured out that that's where my my passion was, and it's not the only job I've ever had. I've done like a bunch of like things that are like really not even related to this at all over right. the years, and this is like I've just always come right back to it. Um, right. I started this company out of my garage. When I was in college, and uh, wow, that's used to do only software tuning, and and uh, kind of grew from there. That's very impressive, man. It's nice to hear when someone you know builds their business from the ground up, and not just giving everything to them, and gets to say that they, you know, are the best or whatever. Yeah, yeah, it's you know, it, it's what I'll say is anyone can do it because I did it with seven hundred bucks. Right. That's that's like, and that's it. There you go. <laughs> 700 bucks and a lot of hard work and exactly. a lot of sacrifices everywhere. Exactly. It's a little more than that. It's always the, uh, the amount of energy you put into it is, uh, is what you'll get out of it. But it's, and it's, 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 I'm sure there was a lot of struggles and a lot of times you were like, fuck, you know, like, am I really doing the right thing? Or always. I, I get there it. Still is. There's still that day. A lot of people don't <laughs> realize like what a business owner, like the sacrifices you, you have to make. It's and a, huge, you know, it's I, huge. I, I get paid after everybody else gets paid. Of course. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's the responsibility behind it. People, I think, are very short today to just say, "Oh, yeah, fucking asshole!" Like you have all the money. It's like, hey, wait, 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 why don't you? Why don't you look see the lineage, the history of what that person went through? Right. Um, something I was talking about. I was just because I communicated with uh, just this week. It was really funny. I put up a video on my YouTube, uh, YouTube on my Instagram. You guys can go check it out. There was some scammers, uh, some eighty eighty scammers that, um, excuse me, eighty eighty eight. Wait, is it eighty eighty? No, it's eighty eighty, right? Oh, fuck, I'm gonna get this wrong. It's 8080. It's that company that does the the giveaways um, on Instagram. They're pretty. I mean, they're pretty huge. They have a uh, over. I think it's 780,000. Let me hold on. Give me one second. I'm gonna look it up as we're talking. 780,000 um, followers right now, and they they do amazing supercar giveaways, high performance car giveaways. Very fucking cool. Like you guys. Hey guys, if you're listening, awesome. You guys are awesome. Keep up the great work. And it was crazy, man. There was a a fake account. Yeah, it's 8080. And this man, I was so pissed off. This co this company that they and they have this is a major problem that they're facing. Yeah, seven hundred and thirty nine thousand followers exactly. And this uh, fake account reached out to me. Now I kind of knew right from the off the bat that they were fake, but I'm like, oh, maybe not because they do have 
two other ones that are smaller pages. And I said, oh, maybe this is one of the smaller pages ones, but it didn't have the blue check mark. That's the number one thing, guys. Just look for the blue check mark. Now, there are real accounts that don't have that blue check mark if they haven't gone through that process of you know, wanting to put it out there that they are an official account. So they tried to, you know, tell me it was funny as hell. They were giving away an STI, a uh, new one, which I don't really consider an STI. I call it the new Corolla. They want to be Corolla because um, that's what it looks like. So sorry, guys, if anybody loves that car, but I, I can't stand that. That's not an STI for me. Anyways, they were giving away that car with, I think, forty or $50,000, $60,000. And it was funny. They So Sunday they were going to announce this was on, uh, I think this was on a Friday or a Saturday that they reached out to me. And I think they announced the winner on Sunday. So they had yet to announce the winner. And they're like, oh, we've picked you randomly. And I'm like, yeah, right, okay. So I started to play around with them. Like, oh, really? Oh, I'm so interested. Yeah, here. And they're like, ah, oh, just send us your information. Here's our link and all this shit. So then at that point, I got pissed off and I said, fuck it. So I, what I did was I grabbed their info and I just to make sure, just to double, triple check, I sent it to 8080, the real account. They said, no, no, that's, those are scammers. Please don't give them any information. Thank you so much. If you can, cancel their page and, and report them, which I did. And literally the same hour, some other guy uh, had reached out to me almost saying the same exact thing, saying that I had won $15,000. These scammers it's, now are, are relentless, and the COVID has brought them out in full force. For sure. And and people fall for it. There are people, unfortunately, yep. stupid enough that just are, you know, um, they just fall for it. They, they're just, they don't understand that, the, hey, look, you have to triple check these things. Yeah, so he kept so on telling ever. Yeah, he kept on telling me, he's like, oh, there's this page, go look at this page. And I'm like, okay. And, and I said, wait a minute, the donate on the, or the, the thing is that they put, sometimes they'll use real companies that are real on the IG page to make themselves look real. But then when I went to the page, it was a real page and it even had a donate button that worked. I said, listen, if you want, I'll make the donation. He, the whole thing was, you you give us a donation of $100 and we'll give you the 15 grand. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, sure, not a problem. I'll donate. And I went to the donate button. I sent him the link. I'm like, it's right here. He's like, no, 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 it's under construction. That's It's not working right now. I'm like, dude, how fucking stupid do you think I am? Like, fuck off. Like, and I reported his ass too. Anyways, I made a small little video, screenshot of uh, like a recording on the, you know, the a screen recording. And um, I'm going to send it to uh, ADA. They're going to actually post it on their page just to let people know, hey, look, guys, if the only thing they asked me is that I re-recorded because I was swearing at them. I was like, you fucking assholes. Fuck you, you bitch motherfuckers. Go fuck. Like, I went all crazy. And anyway, so they're like, please, just no curse words because there's a lot of kids that follow us. I said, oh, that's fine. So I'm going to do that for them. But yeah, guys, you know, don't fall for it. Uh, do, do your, you know, do the checks. You know, just yeah, don't. And, and when in doubt, PayPal for goods and services only. That oh, way you for have sure. some protection. Like if somebody wants Cash, cash App or yeah, Zelle or something, yeah. you already know that you know their intention is probably a little bit wrong. <laughs> yeah. And these guys want to Cash App. They're like, oh, just give me a hundred bucks donation on Cash App. I'm like, right, right, mm -hmm, sure. Yeah, that's, um, you know, the, the world has changed in that sense and, and it's gotten much worse as you've, you've seen. Uh, we don't even try to sell big dollar parts anymore because we've sold you know, $6,000 turbo kits only to have people do chargebacks after getting signature verification that they received the package. Wow. Uh, and, the, and the credit card company doesn't care. They're they like, don't care. They're, they're like, oh, we're going to give it back? It's like, are you stupid? We've had a signature. Right, and they don't care. And we we lose out on the money. So we don't do uh, big dollar sales anymore just because there's wow. so much scamage like that. And... Uh, you know, I like I briefly mentioned earlier. I worked in wealth management for a while, right. and we—I uh, I never forget. There's this elderly woman 
that had received uh, one of those emails like, oh, yeah, Africa. Africa Yeah, yeah, exactly. Your royalty and and, uh, we have one hundred million dollars for you. Just give us fifty thousand. Yeah. And Albert, she wanted to send all the money. She wanted to send fifty thousand dollars. Yeah, she didn't and, know. She no one, and you know. we we couldn't talk her out of it. We, you know, had her talk she to managers. The they, they made her sign a bunch of waivers and everything, saying that like we've thoroughly like warned you of this multiple times and had multiple right. people all the way up the chain like tell you this is not real. Right. And she still wanted she wanted to send this money. Wow. And you know, people every day, and, and I, it I blows my mind. It's all these. All these scam calls, all this stuff. It's like, how have people yeah. not figured this out yet? But it's it's still, it, it they're doing it for a reason. That's because people are falling for it. Right. Yeah, and they keep on trying, and, and you can't, I mean, you just can't fix stupid sometimes. I mean, I get it. Older people are harder to, but let me ask you, let me ask you a quick question, just because you mentioned that about um, the wealth management. Let me, um, for for the bigger items, did you ever try to see if you did, for example, like if you would do, I know it sounds a little crazy, but fuck it. You have DocuSign around now and, you know, DocuSign has been used for, I mean, everything from $500 million deals to $10 deals, whatever, um, for serious stuff. If you would have, you think if you use DocuSign, do you think that where it explains that this person is purchasing this and there will be no chargebacks, do you think that that would maybe help you to sell those bigger ticket items? Or you just want to try to stay away from it completely? I don't even want to take the chance anymore because I've lost okay. too much money. Yeah, you've lost too much money. That's you horrible know, it's, here. it's you know multiple multiple times. Yeah, um, I think I, I've I only won on a dispute. I feel bad to hear that. Yeah, I think I've only won on a dispute one time. Wow. Yeah, wow. they're just so, so worried just that they maybe get sued. You you think that might be it? also the 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 that they just have so much money in these departments that they just want to give away money to these scammers and they're getting away with it. Well, I think the thing is they'd rather keep a happy customer when they should really care about me as I'm swiping their cards and, you know, collecting fees for them. But they, right. they, cause I, I talked to a person at one of the credit card companies and I said, to me, you're aiding and abetting a criminal. Exactly. That's exactly what they're doing. And what they, what was their answer? They're like, no, we're not. I said, yes, you are. And at the end of the day, it's like, am I going to hire a lawyer to fight them to get a few thousand dollars back. Of course, you know, of course not. Of course not. And they know yeah. that. That's that's fucking fucking assholes. I can't. Yeah, that type of stuff needs to change. I don't know how, but it. Maybe you know what? Uh, just because I mean, might as well mention crypto. Maybe crypto will help. I think that that you know, if there's anything that that will come out of the whole crypto craze, not the craze, the, 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 you know, because the crypto industry is here to stay at this point. I think everybody is, you know, sees what's going on, and um, I think blockchain could be the number one thing that will help. For, for for scams to stop because it's the one thing that you really can't it's one of those things you just can't you can't you can't manipulate the coding well technically well, I, you can. I have a better idea Here, here's our million dollar idea that i just thought of right now you okay. need a true honest to god escrow account not a credit card company someone right. that's actually going to take the liability and i guess that's kind of what paypal does right um, that's pretty much what yeah yeah, and and you know, just don't do any transaction that's not with them, and that and that's right. you know that's we only take PayPal now, right? Uh, really? It, yeah, because PayPal's policy is that wow. they will only let you ship to your billing address. Right. You have and to have a billing and address. That's, right. Yeah, and that's my policy as well. If it's not going to your billing address, I am not shipping it to you. Wow. Well, that's a way of keeping you secure, keeping the business running, I mean, up and running and not wasting money on other stupid situations. So, yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. It's just, it, oh. it, you know, it's just adaptation. I, I got adaptation. burned a couple times and I learned. <laughs> right. I don't want to get burned again. No, 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 of course not. Well, that's fantastic. So that's the why. Uh, so that goal, yeah, that was a long why, right? But yeah. so the, the, the goals, obviously, I think we, uh, well, you tell me, obviously, I, I have no idea what your goals are, but it looks like you've had some pretty high goals and you've met them all. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the end game, I think as we adapt, like we've talked about, the industry's changing. Um, you know, emissions, whether we agree with them or not, they're going to play a bigger and bigger role right. in everything that we do. And I, I think for us, and we, we've already started this because I, I saw this coming years ago. Right. Um, we've moved to more of a, a service and repair and maintenance model um, versus performance. Wow. Um, we, we, you know, our, our business name is Boost Addictions, but, you know, at a more local level, we operate as Palm Beach Auto Care. And, uh, nice. And that's... Is it a DBA that you just... Yep, you added? Yeah, it's just a, okay. yeah, it's just a nice. DBA that I added. Smart. And we've had to open our business to, uh, you know, that regular sort of work. And nice. which isn't a bad thing from a business perspective because there's just oh. a lot, a lot more of it. And it's, uh, you know, truthfully, it's just much more profitable. Yeah. Yeah. And you're taking advantage of the, uh, of your position as what you're doing for the customer. So that there's nothing wrong with that. It's great. Right. So I, I think, you know, our, our, goal here is to uh expand in the, in the next two years into a, a space double the size we have now which right. now we have about four thousand square feet um, that's nice that's a good size i mean you yeah, could fit yeah. uh, it, a good couple of number of cars in there yeah it, all air conditioned awesome um, and uh i would like to expand it to have a few more bays we need a dyno but I, I think it, when it comes to performance stuff, I think that's the the big change is that if we're modifying cars that are older than 25 years old, they're mm -hmm. technically emissions exempt. Right. So it doesn't matter. So I, I think the move from that perspective is that we're going to be doing retro mod type things. I think I think right. that's the direction that anyone who's in my business needs to be thinking about which i know most people are modding older cars anyway but they probably right. need to be much older than what you think right well um, the 25 25 years is yeah it's got to be the 25 plus right and uh i think that's that's what people need to start looking at and you know the the american car market has it down pat because right. you can go to ford and buy a luminator with a ford control pack and ecm pcm Yep. all together to just drop into anything you want and gm yep. has the same thing yep and that that's where the future of this industry is going um because they're the manufacturers are locking down the computer software right. so that you can't tune these cars that's great and they're selling you these control modules so i, I you know as far as goals go i, I think it's to expand further to a, a larger service model but also um maybe maybe get into like more uh, resto mod type things right. but also i you know personally i'd like to open different businesses right. um i i think i've I found a, a demand for something that's kind of small but the demand is definitely there and that's uh one of the biggest questions i get is someone comes to me and says they want to get their wheels powder coated right but but they don't have another set of wheels for their car exactly 
So, well, I can help you with that with WTS Dynamics. So, no problem. Well, there you go. Yeah, because my thought was if, if we could uh, powder coat or have a powder coating facility, like, uh, you know, another bay dedicated to that, then we could serve that, that need all in house. Right. Because right now, the way I'm doing it, which I have a great powder coater, um, Jimmy at Elite Powders. Okay. He's awesome. He shows up at my shop, picks up our stuff, brings it back. It's all great. And Perfect. he does a great job. But at the end of the day, if I'm not making the money on the powder coat on a wheel, I can't have a car sitting here on my lift or taking up exactly. space in my shop because then exactly. nobody, you know, we're, we're losing too much productivity that way. Correct. But if we move that process in-house and uh, vertically integrate, then it makes sense. Of course. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. Um, yeah, I think that that's that's really that would be probably a very smart move, <clears throat> and I think you're going about it very sm- you know, in a very educated manner. And and like you said, you've you've kind of been thinking about this for a while, and and I think you're very right. You're I was going to say that the manufacturers Ford and Chevy, like you mentioned, uh, are the number probably the, the the two biggest ones that are doing this move where it's like, oh, you, you really want that amount of power? Okay, well, we'll sell you. We'll sell you all the components you need, and then you just buy from us, and then you'll get to keep your, you know, I mean, even now they're pushing to try to up the amount of power, horsepower that, um, and, and mods that you could do, where if you go to the factory, if you go back to the dealership, they'll give you the ability of keeping your uh, factory warranty. Yeah, it's amazing. Um, you can buy a Ford Racing Performance Supercharger Kit for your 5.0 Mustang. Right. And have a 10-second quarter-mile car with a warranty. With a warranty. I think that that's probably, it's due to different factors, one of which being everything just getting better. All the components, the, the engineering, everything that, that has ever been created only gets better with time, just like technology. And I think that the, the there was this huge push. I remember I remember back in 2004, like what we were mentioning, back with the Cobra, you know, Terminators. Like 500 horsepower was like, oh, shit, you got a 500 horsepower streetcar. Mm, that's pretty badass, you know. Um, dude, and my thing was, listen, I had straight pipes. I had every single mod you could think, including the cams. I had done a full build where I did the Illuminator. And when I did the Illuminator, I did full custom comp cams on that Cobra. I would still roll into the dealership. And to do that, to roll into the dealership like that and still keep my warranty, it was, you have to have like a good, like you had to be cool with the, with the, the manager, yeah, the yeah. service, the, man, the service manager. And everybody would kind of look around like, are you serious? That thing's got warranty? Like, are you kidding me? <laughs> fucking kidding me like what about my shit you know but um and i remember when when the terminators had a big problem where people obviously were going out to the track and and you know launching these things at 5000 plus 5000 rpm close to that with mickey thompsons and drag radials and and with uh um mnhs and and um they, they were they were they were just destroying the irs they were just leaving it on the ground so they put it right back in they'd show up on monday I remember that a Ford for a while, uh, I don't know how long they did this, but they actually started what they started because people would come in and say, oh, I need an IRS. I need an IRS. And I'm like, well, what the hell is going on here? So they started sending out uh, uh, representatives from, from the service departments from Ford uh, to the major track days and writing down the VIN numbers of the Cobras that were out there. And if they came in that next week or whatever, if they came right in, like let's say a week or I don't know if they put a time limit on it, but if they just came in and said, no, 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 you have, oh, yeah, you fucking blew your IRS. Yeah, wait, here. You were at this, uh, you know, you were at Moroso um, on this <laughs> date, and I don't think so. Sorry, your 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 warranty's been, uh, has been uh, voided. So, yeah, I think that the push for that is, um, I think it's, 
it's it's a good thing and a bad thing, I think I'd say, if you look at it from as a whole, right? It's a good thing because like you just mentioned, you could have a 10 second, maybe even sometimes nine second car completely warranty. Okay, that's pretty awesome. Because if something breaks, they're actually gonna they're actually gonna help you out. There's also extended warranty companies that that will, as long as you tell them everything that's on the car, they'll give you a really good price. Stay and that's away. The, what's that? Stay away. Really? Stay away from extended warranty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've I've dealt with so many of them, and I've never had one cover anything for anybody. <laughs> really? Just, so just none, the, none of them, not, not, not one company that, that you would suggest saying, hey, look, not, these guys will cover. Not a single one. They're all terrible. Wow. They're scammers to me. They just don't want to pay. Nope, they just don't want to pay. Save, save the money you're going to spend on that extended warranty and just save it for when something happens. Actually, when something actually breaks and you have to pay for it. Yeah. What what is it their excuse? I mean, what do they tell you? I mean, don't they oh, say, they, hey, well, wait a minute. Always, I, I, they always have, have a reason. And, and, and one of the things is a lot of the policies I see, they don't want to cover anything that has rubber or plastic components. Well, is, it's 2021 exactly. and everything pretty much has rubber or plastic in it. Exactly. <laughs> well, what what so, about like a major, uh, you know, transmissions, differentials, suspension components? Well, suspension components obviously have rubber, but like the, the, the well... Technically, transmissions are mounted on and they have, yeah, but that's not part of the transmission, right? No, I mean, I, I had a, a Jeep here for a few months with a blown motor, and it mm -hmm. was here for a few months because of how long this insurance company was playing the game back and forth, right. sending adjusters, checking, looking at our testing methods to determine the engine was bad and, you know, requesting, you know, basically they just play games and request tests until the customer says, Fuck this, it. I'm done. Yeah. yeah, yeah, because all wow. the tests are at the customer's expense, not at the insurance company's expense. So wow, how much that's... money are we going to spend to try to get this guy's stuff covered? It I didn't just, know it, that. I had no yeah, idea. Okay. I mean, I, I'm sure there's some people that have ha had success with it, but I'm just telling you from my experience, I could never tell anybody to spend that money that, you know, they're usually a few thousand dollars, two, three thousand, depending right. on the car. Right. You know, I just I couldn't do it. Well, that's awesome. Thank you for telling us, uh, t telling that you know, bring this to light to everybody listening. I, that's great. I, I, I didn't know they were that bad, so I, I'm glad that we. Yeah, talked, yeah, and that. if you, yeah, and if you are tight on money, most decent shops, you know, we do, we offer uh, financing options nice. uh, for people that awesome. need to make repairs. So, I mean, that you're you're better off doing that. Yeah, just doing it that way. Okay, that's fantastic. Yeah. That's very good to know. Great. Okay, guys. So you heard it here first. Um, you know that that's great. I actually never thought of that. I had no idea if if if, if shops now actually even have a financing option. That's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, yep. Very cool. common nowadays. Um. So next, we were going to cover how we do it. I think we've kind of. But if you want to add something to that, um, Justin. Yeah. Sure. I mean, I'm a very process. process yeah, I'm process oriented guy with everything I do. Um. I. I and building cars is a process. And that whole process begins with sitting down with somebody and, and figuring out what they want from a car. Um, right. And I don't do that over the phone. Because right. when I do it over the phone, the people are just BSing with me. You need to show up here and, and have that discussion with me. Yeah. And, uh, you know, from, from the point of seeing what somebody actually wants and what their goals realistically are, uh, we can move there from there into a, a, a planning process where we're going to decide what, what somebody's budget looks like and see how far we can go with that budget. Right. Um, you know, I, everything I think that's a smart way of doing it as well. Cause I, I would not to interrupt you, but I, 
um, the same thing that that's kind of how I handle WTS foundation of what someone wants and what they're going to use their car for should be number one and their goals number one before anything else. Yeah, of course. Cause you know, at the end of the day, you need that person to be happy with the large amount of money they're about to spend. Right. And if they're not happy, you know, you have a problem and it's usually your fault if they're, you know, you didn't give them what they want. And you know, that that's usually a lapse in communication and it's our job to make sure that we bridge that channel of communication to make sure we're, we're following the right path. Correct. Um, so once awesome. we, once, once we establish those limits and, uh, then we can really get into to the planning and, and, and building of the parts. Right. Um, we, we do a lot of the stuff, uh, we'll buy like the major components depending on what we're doing, like headers or manifolds and kind of build the rest of the piping and tuning to suit. Um, excuse me, but uh, everything is done based on on the goals of a person you know I don't, I don't think we've done the same setup twice for anybody anybody um, yeah well that shows the var- the variety of what people want you know there's a lot of different people out there a lot of different cars and or not even different cars but different models and and obviously different manufacturers and everybody i think has a um like you said a different goal and and it right it's, and, and, you know, the, the, the parts change too. our, our skill, you know, if we learn something new every day, every day. Yeah. And our, our goal is every car that we build has to be better than the one before it, regardless, right. you know, somewhere we're going to improve our process and our, our, our skill so that we make sure that we, you know, follow that, you know, that's one of our main principles. Right. Well, I, I appreciate that you take that uh, that terminal or that um, I'm trying to think of the word uh, of that um, um, like that mythology or not mythology, but that strategy really is a, is I think a very a very efficient one. And 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 the fact that you say that hey, look, we learn things every day. That's great because I you know I think there's a lot of people, a lot of shop owners, and a lot of shops out there think they fucking know it all. <laughs> there's and, a lot of egos that's for sure <laughs> oh yes and you know i mean if there's something that i mean i don't know if i'm sure you guys have heard of the joe rogan podcast but it is number one thing it's like hey don't let your ego get in the way of what you think you might know you have to be open to you know understand that you're going to learn things every day nobody that's no right. nobody knows it all right that's right um and it's it's you learn something if you take that that ter- like that way of thinking of just thinking, okay, every day I'm going to learn something new and and take it as a good positive thing, great, fantastic, it'll work very good. If you think that you just know it all and you always are going to know everything that there is to know, then you're out of your fucking mind because it's just <laughs> there's way too much stuff to, for the brain yeah. to even comprehend as as to know it all. So that's impossible. Yeah, but you that's always um, have to be open, right? Um, that's great, man. That's that's fantastic. That's I think that's a very good way to run a high performance shop. That's a that's a very good um, uh, good foundation to to like have as your as your guidance to make sure that you know think you're open to things and that you know if you guys do learn something new, hey, look, you added a new a new skill set. Yeah. Instead yeah, of saying there's, there's no shame in it, and uh, I, I'm I'm a honesty. I'm a no BS guy. Like if right. if you interacted with me more and met me, you would you would understand what I mean by that. Like I'm, I, I undersell everything. If I tell you it's going to make 350 horsepower, it's probably going to make 400, 450. Awesome. Um, I, I undersell overperform. That's always my game. That's and, the best. 
Because then yeah, everybody goes, oh, my God, this is amazing. Instead yeah, of going, oh, fuck, man, you disappointed me. Exactly. And maybe it's to my detriment sometimes because I don't, you know, make all of my sales. It, you know, no one, right. no one closes them all. But uh, I, everybody leaves happy. Cool. That's the number one, obviously, the, the goal as having a, any, any business or any shop, a high-performance shop. Um, you know, that's, that's definitely the goal. It's, it's very hard to achieve, guys. It's, I've worked at high-performance shops, and, and trust me, it's, it's, it looks a lot easier than it is. Most, most things look a lot easier than they are, and they're not. Um, but that's, uh, that's great, man. Um, let me see if we can go over. I think I'm kind of going over everything. We, we pretty much, I think covered it all, man. We, um, I will actually favorite, favorite projects. That's something, I mean, I think you said the E36, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's probably my, my number one. And, and you still have that E36 or you sold it? No, I sold it. And it, the last I heard it belongs to, uh, RK tunes now. Oh, RK tunes. They're pretty well known. Yeah, they're a pretty well-known company. They're they're the ones who uh, that have it now. Awesome. As far as I know, um, that that was a badass car. Um, I'll, I'll tell you the story on that one. Actually, it's a pretty interesting story. Um, the car I bought it for thirty-two hundred bucks on Craigslist with the built motor okay. and all the turbo stuff, standalone ECU, all of it. Nice. And it was on Craigslist for about two or three years. Holy shit! That's a bad. <laughs> <laughs> and no one went that's no good it. nobody wanted it <laughs> nobody wanted it and my buddy and i we talked and talked about it for a long time we kept looking at it and he's like he's like dude just go look at it he's like yeah. it'll he's like if it he's like it's probably a piece of shit but if we get there and look at it and it's, it's a piece badass. of shit no no if it's like if it's a piece of shit then we'll feel better about it if we nice. don't go look at it then we'll never know we'll just wonder if it could have been really good right and we got there and it was really good uh, nice <laughs> This poor guy had blown the motor. He he money shifted it, and uh, you know shifted from like third to second. We call it the money shift because the motor's done. Yep. And uh, uh, bent blown a bunch head of valves. Or, I mean, was it blown head gasket plus ten, or was it? It was no, blown, no. He I mean. just he just bent a bunch of valves. Okay. So he had he took the motor out, rebuilt it, had a built head, built the the block rods, pistons. Um, it was actually an S52 3.2 liter crank okay. in a 328 2.8 block. Yeah, that's poured not... out a little bit. So it was a three liter stroker motor is basically right. what it was. Um, right. And we got there. The, the, the car had been sitting for five years with a car cover on it inside of a garage. Well, that's not that bad. At least it was inside a garage. Yeah. No, the car was beautiful. The leather was perfect. The paint was perfect. Everything was perfect and i said god damn it now i have to buy this thing now i have to buy it. <laughs> <laughs> what did you what did you get it for 3200 bucks oh dude yeah that's right you took 30 so that's fucking yeah, that's yeah. awesome yeah so that you know we that we we got the cheapest turbo m3 ever i think that's, and that's for you know, sure that, that was before e36s really took off in value that was in like 2014 that yeah. I, I bought that car that was um I'm trying to think 2014 I got mine I sold my I sold the Cobra in 2000 hold on let me think I had it okay 2000 I sold I had it for 7 years I sold it I think it's almost around the time that I got mine I my first uh, first 836 was a single turbo from CS a guy up in uh, North Carolina very cool yeah. guy um clean car but had some rust and it was bothering me but I was like fuck it I'm not going to get a deal and I paid 13 for it um 
And that was a kind of a bargain for that setup for everything that was done to it. It was a stage two, basically. It was fully built uh, by C or fully built by the owner, uh, fully built motor, and it had the single the stage one, which was a GT thirty five R turbo, which I ended up turning into a GTX turbo, which uh, you know we did the billet um, impeller compressor wheel. Yeah. Yep. And it was man, it was such a fucking. And I was so excited. It was such a badass car. It had it had Brembo's, so it had it had all the right performance parts. You know, it was well taken care of. It just had a little bit of rust on the chassis, which. <sighs> Anyways, I ended up um, that car ended up getting wrecked in a very serious accident. It was a DUI. Oh, Some no. fucking yeah, man, it was stupid. Some fucking guy, man, in a uh, in a Acura. <laughs> we're back to Acuras. Talk in an Acura TSX was hauling ass, and he was drunk as shit. And I saw the accident happen before it did. I was, I saw the car coming up on my left side. I just saw the lights coming towards me, and I banked to the right, all the way to the right, to just try to get away from him. He still rammed right into me. And what ended up happening was it, he hit me so hard on US1 going, uh, it was uh, going northbound. Um, he hit me, excuse me, southbound. He hit me so hard that on my quarter panel, I ended up, he ended up bouncing off my car hitting one of these gigantic palm trees that was in the, in the median, which now have been removed, that palm tree ended up falling. This was crazy. This was like, I don't know, that Acura was like the Acura from hell that wanted to kill me. <laughs> Dude, the palm tree ended up uh, falling on the other side of the oncoming traffic, uh, the other oncoming lane, and ended up falling on a brand new 335 BMW. It landed right on the radio, su radio support, so it, it wrecked that car. He wrecked my M3. And he ended up, uh, he was so fucked up, he ended up, um, he wasn't even wearing his belt, which is a miracle that even, uh, you know, was alive. His face was all fucked. I mean, this guy's, I mean, I, I, and so what ended up happening with me was after he bounced off my quarter panel, I tried to counter steer as much as I could to get control of the car, which is almost impossible. I ended up hitting the, I ended up doing two 180s and hitting the median in the middle, which put the car up in the air, then shot me over there to the right side of the sidewalk and I ended up right in front of if anybody lives here in Miami they'll know there was a pre-owned collection lot that was on US1 it happened right there and I ended up right there I ended up hitting the concrete pole which took it out of its rebar now wow. imagine imagine this is what I'm going to tell you about E36s anybody ever complete I'm telling you E36 go buy one now um the car saved my life I could have been in a lot of other cars that that accident. I mean, I walked right out. I was wearing my belt, but I walked right out of the car. No problem with Vaders. And, dude, I, when I saw the car, I mean, I, I had seen the quarter panel was crumpled and the upper portion of the roof line was crumpled. I'm like, this car's wrecked. Like, the, the chassis is bent. That's it. This is, it's, it's over. Um, had a At least you're okay, man. Oh, no, I'm okay. That's, I know that's you what know, matters. That's, like, gotta, that's what matters. It's just the material objects. I know. I know, but you know how it is with us car guys. I mean, it was it was like the death of this poor M3. And anyways, I had a good friend of mine who his name was Rotom. I've known him for a long time. He ended up buying the car for parts, and it worked out pretty good because that night, man, I had actually just lost my mom that year. It was a very and this was Thanksgiving. I mean, it was one of those. I mean, it's just the universe was just like shitting on me. It's like okay, I'm just gonna shit right here, shit everywhere. But um, it was it was bad. And I went home. And I'm like, fuck this. I'm gonna find a better a better M3. I went in 30 pages in on Beamer Forms, and I found a one of seven E36 individual slick top M3, 97. It was technically the rarest E36 M3 
M3 ever built because it was it was rarer than any of the LTWs. It was a one of seven. There was 269 cars that were built in this color, which was one of the things that made it so rare. And it's a slick top, and it had a, the Alcantara gray interior that had the M cross stitch pattern in the middle of the seat, in the inner portion of the seat. I that, love that. Those three interior. things. Yeah. Yeah, that interior, man, it was – I love that car. And that car – so what I did was I ended up swapping out the, the turbo, like the whole uh, the whole um, uh, drivetrain. I swapped it out into the, the newer car, and then I swapped the original engine out of this car and put it into the silver car. And I ended up selling it all. You know, I sell that for, to my friend and everything. But let me tell you, man, um, and I had that car for a year, and we'll talk about that another time because that will be another like two hours – one hour, 45 minutes talking about that. But the end that I ended up having to sell it and – well, we'll save that for the next podcast. But yeah, man, E36s, um, go buy one. You know, if you've ever thought of buying one, I mean, they're and they're just so sick. They're just so badass. And when you when you own it and you start driving it, the ability, like again, suspension. It comes down to the suspension geometry in that car. It's you're basically buying a race car for nothing, and it's mm-hmm. it's a car you can you can do whatever you want. You could single turbo. You can supercharge. You could turn it into a track car. You could turn it into a drift car. It's just it's such a dynamic car that it's good for everything, but you do have to spend some money on making sure that you get a, a, a you know a correct car like you did. You you were able to find a unicorn on that one. So, <laughs> <laughs> how how long did you keep it for? Um, I sold that car in twenty seventeen or twenty eighteen. So three three years. Yeah, I, I don't keep cars long. Right, that's yeah, like that's... about as long as I go. Right. Yeah, well, you kind of can't afford to, right? With you having a shop, you kind of have to have the, the next best thing. Yeah, I mean, I don't really look at it that way because then I would have to be buying new cars. And, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I don't – none of the new cars do it for me. I like old cars. For sure. I think I think we can all agree on that. Um, companies like, uh, you know, I, I think RWB and, and Rocket Bunny and and even Liberty Walk, I think they've they've kind of bred and, – and Singer, companies that we've, we've been mentioning, they've all br- – like injected new life into cars that I that I believe that 30 years ago people didn't see that there was value in. Yep, that, that is that. for sure. And uh, yeah. you know, sometimes I, I think it it becomes common that a lot of shops, especially, feel like they have to be buying the the newer the car, newest newest yeah. car, and and there is some truth to that. Um, but at the same time, if you find that that special car maybe maybe you don't need to right i think there's a market for people to to do those things because as you know uh there's a lot of cult followings for different cars that that you just wouldn't expect like the other day i was out here on a weekend by the shop Mm -hmm. and i came across a suzuki samurai car oh dude those things are awesome yeah and there's probably like 60 of them that Holy pulled out of shit. a Wawa here, and like it was just like an endless stream of samurais going across this intersection. It was hilarious. I don't think I've ever but seen it, that many samurais in one place ever. Yeah, it was it was hilarious. It was crazy, but it, you know, there's you know vehicles that you wouldn't really expect, I guess, right. <laughs> have huge followings. Right. Well, there's even uh, funny you mentioned that I was watching. I, I like to watch Jay Leno's Garage, and I mean, I do subscribe to him, and and he always has really great people on and great cars, and and he had these. Uh, he had this. Well, imagine I didn't even know this. There's a huge call following now, and has it's been building up of um, a DeLorean, like 
per, per, like guys that actually will go pick up a DeLorean and want to purposely turn it into, you know, the Back to the Future car. Yeah. Um, and they did it. There's these specific guys that he had on that did it. I forgot their names, but yeah, I think it. I know what you're talking about. I think I saw it. Dude, sick. Like they yeah. they spent three, four, five. I think it was four years trying to. I mean, just to get all the pieces of information, lost information, lost documentation, just to replicate it. Uh, not something I would do, but it's <laughs> definitely. It shows. I mean, it shows the level of of passion for. Again, for what you said, like a specific type of car that will have a cult following. And, and there's even guys now, there's actually a company you could still buy a DeLorean, like not brand new, obviously, but it's like a continuation car. Um, uh, I don't know if it's called a continuation, but that's a wrong word. But it, it's basically you can get, you can still buy DeLoreans uh, from a company that I think is basically just building them out of parts, yeah. spare parts. That's awesome. That's awesome that there's just the, the car culture world is. I think that social media has uh, put a giant magnifying glass on all the specific different, like the categories and the genres and, and who's, you know, who's doing what. And it's, it's showing it to the world. And I think it's amazing. I think it's yeah. probably the best thing about social media. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, as a car enthusiast, like it, you know, it, it makes it easy to see everything. Yes. But like you said, and I, I love it. I, I love cars. Like it, you know, I, I have my preferences, but at the end of the day, I just like seeing cars. Doesn't matter what right. it is, you know. Right. Seeing somebody's creation is awesome. Oh yeah, yeah. All car. He actually had one. One more guy I was going to mention. He had this guy on, dude. The guy's a fucking badass. Um, he, what he's been doing is he's been basically doing his own, and I think now we're going to start seeing a lot of this because Singer, I think, was one of the. I don't want to say they were the first, but definitely one of the most mainstream and, and most people that did it very well and very efficiently. Uh, what's called like a, a not a recreation, but a um, um, a reimagined version of a car. And this guy, he's pretty young. He's like he's little. I think he's your age. He's thirty years old, and he is what he's doing is he's building. He's basically metal crafting, so he's building full blown aluminum bodied recreation and, and some look they, they some have like hints of porsche of the older porsches like the 550 spiders and and a combination of between the older jags like the jag um the the f-type um it's in the x x x x x x r i think it is i think it's the xxr i believe the old school uh jaguar the race car that super famous for racing at Le Mans. um it's amazing this kid i mean the kid he's 30 years old but i'm saying very young guy, and he's doing all this metal craft. It's just all out of aluminum and polished aluminum. It's just sick. Like just the just the the fabrication, the fabrication that's involved in trying to uh, manipulate metal. They were talking the, they were talking about that for thirty minutes <laughs> of how hard it is, and it's it's just amazing. I think that's so, going to be a lost art at some point. I well, hopefully not. Guys hopefully like him are not, kind of trying to keep it alive. Yeah. Hopefully not, but um, Justin, I think we've had a pretty fantastic podcast, man. We've been doing this for two hours now, and we pretty much covered everything. Unless there's something you wanted to ask me, I think we we, we pretty much covered it all. Yeah, uh, g give me an overview again of what what's going on with your event, what the status is. About. Oh yes, um, so as of right now, uh, it's going pretty well. I I'm trying to get some people out from California, like I mentioned, this guy Ivan, very cool guy. You guys can look him up if you. Uh, I believe his IG handle is um uh, I want to say E46M3GTR. Uh, or Need for Speed GTR, I think it is. I'd have to look at it right now. I just don't have my phone in front of me. 
Um, he hopefully will be coming out. I've reached out to some uh, amazing people. Uh, this girl who's a uh, biker, and she's a professional biker actually, and she's I mean she's beautiful, and she actually looks like Jay Leno. Uh, Jay Leno. She looks like J Lo. Uh, Jennifer Lopez was hilarious. That's much better. Yeah, much better. <laughs> Definitely a much better look alike. Um, and she's uh, she's great. She I reached out to her. She's going to see if she can make it out. Um, she has to reach out to some of her sponsors to see about the the whole logistics of bringing her bikes down and all that. Um, I actually reached out to someone that knows um, that knows Damien, um, and I, I imagine they kind of you know they they helped me try to reach out to him. And he he, I'm pretty sure he would have come. But the problem with Canada, him being in Canada, is the whole right now the whole COVID thing. It's kind of like a closed border situation. So he said the logistics of that would be crazy, and they'd have to even if they did travel, they'd have to stay in a hotel for ten ten days to quarantine. quarantine. Yeah. And that's going to be like you know, I mean, just to come here for. I mean, I did tell them. I said, listen, it's going to be car week that whole week. But more about the event. So as of right now, um, there's about twenty plus supercars that should be showing up. I'm trying to work out five to ten hypercars. Um, I think we mentioned this before when we first spoke, but I'll 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 say it again, obviously on here. Uh, Carrera GTs, F40s, F50s, um, you know, a lot of the 90s amazing supercars and hypercars. Uh, trying to shoot for some of the, you know, the, the newer ones, P1s, LaFerrari, 918s. Um, there should be a Countach there, a very, actually, an extremely special Countach that belongs to a good friend of mine. He'll be coming in and bringing that. That's actually the car. It's the Lamborghini that saved Lamborghini as a company um, from going bankrupt. So that's a pretty amazing special Countach that will be there. Um, I, I did invite, uh, John from Purated to see if he's going to bring some of his Diablos and, and maybe even one of the XJ220s, which would be absolutely amazing. Uh, there's an F50 in there that I'm really hoping that might be hopefully coming out. I'm not too sure about that yet. I did reach out to the owner and we got to see about that. Um, and high performance cars, man, we got all types of cars, M2s, M3s, M4s, uh, maybe some, uh, I think maybe an M8 should be showing up. I'll have, uh, hopefully some uh all different types of high performance cars just a more you know the more well normal stuff the the non-supercar cars <laughs> <laughs> um and it's going to be great man i mean we're we're providing i think an amazing i mean for 107 dollars which are that's what the tickets are going for i think we're providing an amazing value we're going to have five different uh very well-known automotive photographers that are out there doing their thing they're going to be filming everything as far as video and pictures. We'll all be professionally edited. We should have about five to either four, five, or six different YouTube videos that we'll make that will be different segments covering different parts of the entire uh, rally and the show. Um, as, and that will go for the for photography as well. So anybody that attends and buys a ticket, will they're going to get, I mean, literally probably two months of social media creative content that will be unique creative content that will be created that day from the rally all the way to the event. Uh, the rally itself will be a lot of fun. The location that we're meeting at, which is going to be right there by the Miami Children's Museum by South Beach, fantastic automotive location to take insane pictures of cars. So that'll be really special. We'll be there for about two hours taking all the video and pictures. We're going to have drones flying over to get aerial shots. Um, and the rally there will be amazing. And then the event when we get there will be ridiculous. We're going to be surrounded by private jets at an airplane hangar, surrounded by fashion models, supercars, high performance cars, hypercars, and VIPs. I mean, it, more than that for 107 bucks, I don't think that there is any other rally right now providing that type of uh, awesome uh, value. No, it's worth it just in the media coverage itself. Exactly. And, and actually, we're also doing, uh, for anybody that wants to do sponsorship, just 
you know, that you have a company, you want to actually sponsor your company at the event, we do have a PDF print that I could send that, that it's, it's on there in the link. It's everything is in the link of the bio guys, everything, please don't, don't start asking us a million questions. It's all there. Just click the link of the bio at AG supercars or WTS dynamics, and you'll see it all there. It's in a Google drive. Um, it's all there, all the information, the listing, the, the Google, the, um, the Google maps location of where we're meeting the time, the tickets, which are, uh, through Eventbrite, it's all there. Sounds like it's going to be a blast. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be pretty awesome. So, and hopefully, uh, Justin, will get to see you there with your single turbo uh, E46 M3. That'll be uh, that's going to be sick. You can you can smoke the fuck out of all the supercars and hypercars and make them. Cry. <laughs> I don't know about all that, but <laughs> <laughs> well, that's kind of the point, right? You know, when you build a, a an amazing high performance car, you want to try to you want to go after the supercars and hypercars, not to make them feel bad, but just to kind of be like, hey, you know what? You're not the only guys out there with ridiculous acceleration. <laughs> That's always a fun we'll, thing. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah. So, so, so this girl, yeah. So this girl, um, she, she should be, uh, hopefully she, her and her friends would be coming down with her, their motorcycles and we're going to have some motorcycles as well. Um, I reached out to Ducati as well. Ducati should be hopefully providing some of their clients car, uh, cars, motorcycles. So we're going to have some Ducatis as well. Um, I also reached out to a company in Fort Lauderdale that, I'm hoping we'll maybe bring some Ariel Adams to the event as well, which will be sick. Oh, that'll be neat. Yeah. Yeah. That's going to be pretty awesome. But we still are trying to schedule that. Cause again, it's, it's been everybody. There's a lot, man, everybody's doing everybody. So many people have so much shit on their plate. Um, it's hard to get to, to keep up with everything. So it's, I'm trying to do everything as much as I can to be as efficient as I can without, you know, over, you know, spilling food out of the plate. <laughs> you know, yeah. We're, we're all trying to play catch up. Yeah. That's right. But yeah, man, listen, Justin, this has been great. Um, we'll definitely do another one. We'll, we'll get into some other awesome topics. We could, you know, uh, talk about like really go into dive deep into E36s, E30s, E46. Well, maybe not even cover the E30s, but the E46, E92. <laughs> um, yes. And we'll, we'll, we'll talk more about your shop and, and what you're doing and some of the projects you do. Uh, one, one quick question just before we go. What is the current project that you're working on right now besides the E46 and the, the turbo car? Uh, obviously, that's the shop car. And the Acura you told us about, is there anything else uh, just uh, in the horizon that's... Yeah, you know, um, on just... Monday, we actually start building a uh, big turbo BMW X5. Oh, okay. That'll be nice. Yeah, that'll be fun. And then uh, the next, after that, I think we're doing... Uh, we're waiting for parts is, is the problem. There's been a huge issue with parts supply since this whole COVID thing started. Oh, yeah. Um, is going to be an Audi TT, but the the Mark One, so from the early two thousands. Okay. Uh, one point eight T. It's going to be like a one point nine or two liter stroker. Cool. Uh, built head cams. Going to rev it to like eighty eight hundred nine thousand RPM. That's going to be uh, nice. Sixty millimeter precision turbo tubular exhaust manifold. It, it's it's you know the the guy wants to run tens and a quarter mile. With I think this that'll be TT. doable. Yeah. Easily. But easily. Yeah, and it's a it's a quattro. So right, that, that's I was just gonna next... bring it up. I was like, hey, it's a quattro, so you shouldn't have any problems with traction. <laughs> right. Yeah, he's like, right now the car uh, has a GT30 on it and like 25 pounds of boost. And he's like, yeah, I can uh, launch off the anti lag and just drop the boot or drop the clutch, and the tires don't even spin. It just like actually it bogs just... down. Wow. So it <laughs> needs more just, power. It's asking. It for needs. It. Yeah, it's asking for more power. Awesome. So that, that that's kind of the next big build we've we've got uh, set up. 
That'll be that'll be one of a kind because I haven't seen. I mean, I've seen the newer one. I think there was what uh, it was came out in thirteen twenty videos. It was a uh, they called it the mini R eight, and it was fucking badass. But yeah, that'll t- be pretty awesome. Yeah, the TTR. I think that was a TTRS. TTRS, right? yes. Yeah, that's that thing. Uh, that that's I need one of those too. Yeah, yeah that's <laughs> awesome. But um, cool, man. Awesome. All right, cool. So Justin, this has been fantastic. Um. So we will, uh, hopefully we'll, we'll talk to you soon, you know, whenever you can make another two hours, which I know is like a lot of your time. So we really appreciate this, this amount of time from a shop owners. Like that's asking almost like for, can I have some gold? Do you have some gold you can give me? <laughs> no worries. I appreciate the uh, invite. For sure. Awesome. All right, man. So we'll, uh, we'll talk to you soon and, uh, hopefully we'll see you at the show. Sounds great. Thank you. Okay, man. Appreciate it.